0: hey what's up everybody conrad and i are asked many times when are you guys going to come out and do another live show got great news for you we're going to be coming to wayne new jersey at turf city indoor sports center on saturday september 28th at three o'clock and we're going to be there as part of go professional wrestling's go big or go home event that's right we're going to start at three o'clock the wrestling's going to start at seven o'clock Conrad and I will be there from 3 to 7. Got a meet and greet scheduled at 2 o'clock, and we hope you will join us. Wayne, New Jersey, the Turf City Indoor Sports Center, as part of Go Professional Wrestling's Go Big or Go Home event. So come on out, enjoy some great wrestling. But before you do, don't forget, Conrad and I will be there live with our stage show. We look forward to seeing everybody. And, hey, you're probably wondering, how can we get tickets? Well, that's very simple. Go to this website, TonyandConradLive.com. That's TonyAndConradLive.com. It's What Happened When Live. Saturday, September 28th at 3 p.m. The meet and greet for VIP start at 2 p.m. What Happened When Live on the 28th of September at the Turf City Indoor Sports Center in Wayne, New Jersey. Get your tickets now at TonyAndConradLive.com. And we look forward to seeing all of our great fans of What Happened When.
1: 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express, Tag Team, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Brock Promotion. Tony and thought they went win. Look, Shavani's back again. World title split off center stage. bishop. Disney Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder, Russo, Arquette, Champ, Vinny, Matt, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh. Lois rules, cat not This wasn't the initial plan. Tom's like a good-looking man. Quad like Bill, make a change. Hey, hey, it's Conrad
2: Thompson! <laughs> hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? with the one and only voice of our childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Conrad, it's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be
0: able to bring you What Happened When? And I know, uh, as this is uh, airing this week, uh, we have, uh, put, uh, put another star cast behind us, haven't we?
2: We have. And, uh, you know, as always, I'm glad it's over, but I'm enjoying labor day today. If you're on Patreon and floating around my pool, I managed to get home in time to do, chill out a little bit here at my humble abode. But if you're listening on Wednesday, I've been grinding back at the office, slinging some mortgages and I'm happy to help. Yeah, I don't know that I talk about that enough on here, but if you got a mortgage question, shoot me an email, Conrad at save Be glad to help you out. That is my real job. And since, uh, you're not doing all of my podcast hijinks anymore, no more live shows or silliness or whatever. I'm going to have a lot more free time. So check me out. Conrad at save with com. But we still do have another live show coming up. I could see you one last time before you're done with me forever and. That's Tony and Conrad Live dot com, Wayne, New Jersey, and A little wrestling action too. I'm looking forward to this. Part of GoPro uh, Professional Wrestling that show
0: at the uh, Indoor Sports Turf or, uh, Center in Wayne, New Jersey. Never been to Wayne, New Jersey, but I look forward to seeing everybody, and uh, we're going to have a great time.
2: Oh come on, you're
0: looking forward to seeing Jordy and Grace. Like- well, of course I am. I think she's a. I think she's a talented young
2: lady. Oh well. I'll tell you this, when you did uh, Juvenile's Back That Ass Up last week on Tony Reed's rap, I really was kind of thinking "Well, we were going to do the edited version, and then that's my bad that we didn't, that we did the unedited version. As a rule, I don't prefer the unedited song, but the the unedited is, use a fine motherfucker, whereas the edited version is, use a big fine woman. And I was like, when I heard that, the edited version, I thought, oh, my God, that is Tony Schiavone. That's like something he would say in real life. We got to do that. And I'm just hoping that now that you're, you got all this street cred and now that you got all this fame and fortune that you don't, you know, throw it all away in an in judgment and approach Jordan grace and be like, he's a big, fine woman. <laughs> uh, I don't think I would do that.
0: Uh, I don't think I would do that.
2: Well, we'll find out. On uh, September 28th in Wayne, New Jersey. Come join us and watch Tony through it all the way live. <laughs> just as you've <laughs> always expected. He's going to Shivani it, boys and girls. Oh, as, he's uh, not over at uh, Tony and Conrad tickets are only 30 something bucks. And, uh, every time I say this could be the last show, Tony says, no, it's not, but we don't have any other ones scheduled. So yeah, as of now, it's the last one. And if you're there and not only will you get to see sexual harassment, you know, live and in person. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop that! Stop that! You jokes. I mean that I'm going to harass you. Oh, okay. There's no paperwork yeah. with what we got, buddy. You can't escape this, all right. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to be able to keep you between the ditches because I'm going to be able to regulate your blue chew intake. I, if you go to chew one of those little blue tablets, I'm going to slap it out of your mouth. I don't need you getting all turgent around me. Is that what it's called, turgent? Turgid. T U R G I D. Okay, turgid. I've never heard of that word. Really? Well let me give you let me give you the definition. Uh swollen and distended or congested? Well, okay. Well that seems to be an upshot of Blue Chew, doesn't it? It does. You don't tell everybody a little bit about um, you know, what what Blue Chew has done for you? I mean, I don't even know that you needed it when you signed your multi-million dollars multi year. I mean, it's the greatest contract in the history of our great sport. You probably didn't need it that day when you when you sold your soul, uh, but you know, before that, when you were just you know one of us, a ham and egger, just a fan, then you you probably uh, probably enjoyed a little blue chew. I did because
0: what I love about blue chew. It has the same active ingredients, Viagra Cialis, and can work faster than pills. And I like, I like it when it works fast. And no, when I signed my contract, I did not need any Bluetooth because I was full-on hard.
2: Mm. But I do need it on a regular basis for... Well, yeah, you, you told me, you said, listen, if it'll get hard for Lois now, this is good shit. And I thought you were like sort of low-key shitting on your wife, and you corrected that. And you no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm shitting on the institution of marriage. You see, I've been married so long and I've eaten the same box of cereal so long that if it can get me excited about eating that same dreadful box of cereal, it must be good stuff. Isn't that right? Tony, you
0: got me, you got me nailed buddy. You got me nailed.
2: Here's the good news about Blue Chew. The chewables are... For, for, listen, listen. You can't say you got me nailed and then not let me use that in the Blue Chew spot. Okay. So let, you say you got me nailed and then I'll, and I'll take it from there. You got me nailed, man. You got hey. me nailed. And we're going to have your wife nailed when you try Blue Chew at BlueChew.com. See, that's how you do it, Tony. You, you try to take what you say or I say and spin it around into some sort of waka 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 fornication speak, you know? Fornication speak. We're good at that, aren't we? Man, it's what we do basically for a living here on this show. Of course, we're talking about your floppy fill. And if you're ready to get hard, Harry, tell them how to do it. You go to BlueChew.com. That's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, chucom Chew, B-L-U-E,
0: Use the promo code. Here it is. It's very simple. WHW. Mm. And only thing you'll do is pay the $5 shipping. You know what that means? That means your first order is absolutely motherfucking free. That's right. At bluechew.com promo code WHW. Chew it and do it, Conrad. Chew it and fucking
2: do it. Well, what I'm excited about is what we're fucking doing today. It's Anarchy Rules 1999. Our fans and our listeners love it when we talk about ECW. And uh, this is one of the better shows, man, because we've got A pretty monumental moment in time. Taz has been a mainstay and a staple here in ECW since the beginning. And he is the world champion and, and, and their top star. And he's going to be in a three-way with Masato Tanaka and Mike awesome who have been having incredible matches on multiple continents and have captured the imagination of wrestling fans. Like maybe nobody else could in 1999, taking violence to another level, not terribly similar, but not terribly different than the way maybe Terry Funk and cactus Jack did four years prior with their King of the death match series. But Taz is leaving. And this is Taz's swan song with ECW And nobody really knew that. And if they did, they didn't know it was going to happen in this fashion. It's something you've got to see. Uh, I remember being shocked at the the, the turn of events here. Really, really a, a good match. It checks all the boxes for what I enjoy in an ECW show. And how about this? It got 96.1% thumbs up in the wrestling observer newsletter, which is just fucking unbelievable feedback. The likes of which I don't think I saw again. I couldn't be wrong, but I don't think I saw that again until ECW one night stand. And then later the, um, double or nothing show in Las Vegas, just high marks across the board. So I'm fired up for this show, Tony.
0: Well, did, uh, the genius himself, Dave Meltzer, give it five stars.
2: We're going to talk about all of his ratings, but what we want you to do right now is fire up your WWE network, go to September 19th, 1999. Gosh, it's hard to believe we're nearly 20 years away from this. Anarchy rules, 1999. Now I should tell you, if you're just going to search in your search bar, rules is R-U-L-Z. What I would recommend you do is go click in ring at the top, scroll down to ECW, find the pay-per-views find 1999 and there you'll see anarchy rules, R U L Z 1999. So if we can, uh, tag in your tag team partner, maybe she can limp up the stairs since you've been, you know, well, you know what you've been doing. We can, uh, we can go ahead and get this uh, shit show on the road. Well, you got her nailed too.
0: As a matter of fact. Alrighty. All right. And here is Lois Shivani. Three, two, one play. Okay. My God, we're starting out with a car, Steven Prezak. They've obviously run out of people to hold a microphone. And this is who this Tanaka.
2: Yes. That is Masato Tanaka. He is okay. going to be in the three way for the world title with Mike awesome and Taz. And look, who's making the approach in the background is Jeff fucking Jones.
0: Oh my God. Well, he cleaned up quite well back then. Didn't he?
2: What's happened to him since then? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, the sideburns and the earring gimmick. We need to ask him about that. <laughs> well, he's cutting a
0: promo here on uh, Tanaka. Uh, now who's he representing? He's he representing Taz? He's representing awesome.
2: He's representing, he is the judge. And of course, Mike awesome is the jury and executioner.
0: Okay. Got it. All right. Boy, the fans into this too, man. Look at
2: that. Well, everybody How- loves Tanaka. Yeah. How about, how about Jeff Jones with his bangs? Like he likes it, man. <laughs> oh, you know what? Awesome. From Now, on, every time I see Jeff Jones, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to hate him with the bang, bang. <laughs> We're in uh, Villa park, Illinois at the odium sports and expo center. And look, who's in the ring, Don Callis and Joey styles after so long of the you know, the, the, the way we got used to Joey styles being a part of our everyday life in ACW, then he would, of course, later go to work with the WWF or WWE did some commentary and then spent a tremendous amount of time working behind the scenes on the website and things like that, but such a big part of wrestling for so long and now completely out of the business. Meanwhile, Don Callis, who not too terribly long after this, just a couple of years, I think. He just washes his hands of wrestling doubles down on the real world. And then comes back a couple of years ago. And now he's doing commentary for new Japan and fucking running impact wrestling, like it's weird that the career path that these guys took and to see him standing side by side here. Of course, Don Callis once upon a time, I think in 1997 was trying to come in the WCW with Rick Martell as a tag team. And you guys said, hey, we're not we're not interested in tag teams. So he pops up in the WWF, does the Truth Commission gimmick. He's supposed to be a cult leader. For whatever reason, Bruce Pritchard says, you know, you're doing a shitty job. You're trying to get yourself over and not your talent over. You're terrible. He's really mean to Don. Ultimately, Don gets cut loose. He pops up here in ACW. Here he's gonna represent the network. And he's going to call himself Cyrus the virus. And, uh, the deal with him being a representative of the network is he's trying to quote unquote, hold ECW down. And, uh, here we go. Here's the open. I'm going to play the audio for everybody at home. Give us some commentary on these highlights
0: rob van dam rvd with the frog splash he'll be on the show tonight Ooh, what that motherfucker jumping off the edge oh my gosh dawn marie is here whoa that'll make you do a jump and a tumble everybody's favorite uh tanaka oh will somebody please work a chair shot in this promotion Holy shit! It's ECW, anarchy rules. We're gonna go through tables. We're gonna go through chairs. We're gonna show TNA. We're gonna come off a of table. We're gonna come off up
1: of, up oh, oh, oh. oh, There was Red scene.
0: And whoa! Oh God! Oh! Bang! Boom! Bang! Boom! Sabu! Boom! Danny goes through a table. Oh, Raven's got too many belts. He doesn't need them. And there's As. We love him. And we love ECW. You know, they did. These guys did, I thought, a wonderful job of showing excitement in an open of a show with a very, very limited budget graphics wise.
2: Yeah. I mean, you got to appreciate these guys are doing this literally out of a basement. Right. I mean, that's, that's really impressive that they were able to put all that together. I thought it was, I,
0: it just, it showed the excitement. It got you ready for the show. It was no, there was nothing fancy about it. And it was just good stuff. Uh, speaking of good stuff. Don Marie looked at, looked the part, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She Here, here's one of our favorites, Lance Storm.
2: Without question. And I loved, uh, the presentation of Don Marie with Lance storm. What's great about Lance storm is in a promotion where, you know, there's so much blood and guts. There's so many crazy hotspots. There's, there's tables, there's ladders, there's chairs. Oh my Lance storm comes in and goes a different way. And, and the fans really, really appreciate it because at the time, you know, what really was hardcore or extreme was the love of wrestling from the fans. So you could come in and just put on in-ring traditional wrestling clinics, but if you were really good, that was sufficient. You didn't have to do all the other stuff, but we know how to play along, of course, and the fans are chanting, show your tits, Mm -hmm. which is uh, really what you do anytime you're uh, in a group of wrestling fans in Chicago and a woman enters the room. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Starcast and all out and all in. It's a different time, but oh, and look who it is. Jerry wow. Lynn, the whole F and show. He's really on the come up here in 1999. He's started his feud with Rob Van Dam had a series of matches that have really helped put him on the map. There's Ronnie Lang Starcast security, AEW security. Look over in the corner. There's Sam, man. You forget how long Atlas security has been around, huh?
0: Wow. They have been around and there's everybody's intimidating looking now as they were back then.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the all black suit with the black turtleneck, no matter what time of year it is that, uh, especially if you're what three and a half bills, that's going to get everybody's attention. You know, when I watch these
0: shows, Conrad, I, 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 I've said this many times. I certainly love them and I enjoy what they do. Let me say something about Lance storm. First of all, I think him being a, a technical wrestler and being something different than the usual hardcore stuff
2: to me is brilliant. It really works. And, and it gives him something to sort of rebel against and sort of poop on the fans for. And so, especially when, in uh, this pairing of him and Don Marie is genius because She really loves the attention and wants to be the star. It just wants everyone's approval. And when the fans are really chanting for, and she's scantily clad, she's just absolutely loving it. But he's a little annoyed. Like, Hey, that's not why she's with me. And I just, I thought that was good stuff. And by the way, Lance storm looks like if you were to build a wrestler, he Mm -hmm. looks like what you would make. I mean, he's in tremendous shape, excellent presentation. And then here's Jerry Lynn very similar, he's coming to us with a background and, and, and someone, you know, from the WCW days as Mr. JL he's, uh, obviously been, you know, up north in global and having a, a, a tremendous series of matches with Sean Waltman, but now he's finally getting the respect of the fans because of his feud with Rob Van Dam and Rob Van Dam really helped sort of make him to the CCW crowd. Even if they were a smart crowd and respected his background, it wasn't until his feud with Rob Van Dam that ECW fans were like, oh, this guy could be like next level good. And Lance Storm, you know, people have started to figure that out about as well. Of course, uh, he's worked a lot of uh, shows across the U.S. and across Canada, but probably his first big push, I guess we'll call it, on the map was with Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain. And you and I haven't spent a lot of time talking about Smoky Mountain. Did you ever see any Smoky Mountain?
0: No, I never did. Never saw any. I, I didn't watch other wrestling promotions. And, and you know, that's I, – I wanted to say this uh, when I started talking about Landstorm. When I watch these shows, and I, and I love watching them, to me it's like stepping into an alternate universe. Because all this was happening and all this good shit was going on at that time in 1999 and I was unaware. Right. So now I go back and I look at this stuff and I think, wow, what the fuck was I doing? And I should have been, um, well, well, the good news is I'm watching it now and and I'm enjoying it now. And they got great performers and they got a lot of beautiful women and they got rabid fans and you combine all that. Can't go wrong. Can you?
2: Uh, no, you cannot. Right. You want to, uh, you know, since you've, you got all this newfound fame and fortune, you want to try to get in the spirit of things here a little bit and do some commentary on on a wrestling match.
0: Well, I don't know if I should or not. I may have to charge you for it if I do.
2: Hmm. Well, let me tell you, this got uh, second place in the best match uh, poll amongst the wrestling observer readers. There was only two matches that were even mentioned though. Taz, Tanaka, and Mike Awesome, and they got 58 votes. Jerry Lynn and Lance Storm got eight votes, and that's it. So you talk about uh, a lot of high praise here. Mm -hmm. There it is. For this uh, this main event. We've got uh, nearly a full house here. I guess maybe it is a full house. It's the largest gate and crowd in company history. There's nearly 6,000 fans here, which I know... You would say, oh, who cares? Only 6,000. That was a big deal for ECW. I'm,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not, you're talking to Tony Schiavone, not Bruce Pritchard. Okay.
2: Well, cause you would be like, so- oh, around this time we were selling out the Georgia dome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they paid 208 grand a year and yeah. uh, it's the first time ECW has been as Meltzer would say in that money stratosphere. Mm-hmm. And, and he says a lot of this is because it's the first pay-per-view available in Canada. So it's got more, you know, eyeballs and opportunities for eyeballs than any other show in their company history. And they've just started on TNN. So they've got, you know, more exposure there. Yeah. That was my
0: question. What they were on TNN. Uh, but before that, how much, how many clearances do they have? I mean, that was back in the day. That's how you. That's how you got your product over. You had clearances and you went in all these markets with TV shows.
2: Well, what they were doing is they were buying time on syndication and it was usually, you know, starting no earlier than 10 PM, but usually somewhere between like midnight or 11 and 2 AM. Right. in Various markets. I think in my market, uh, I saw them not in my market. I had a, I had a satellite, but they came on the sunshine network at like 1 AM or something like that.
0: Right. You had to put something like this on late at night.
2: Yes. Well, I don't think, I don't think you had to put the content on. You got to appreciate these guys. Sorry to say Eric Bischoff. Paul Heyman is writing a check every week for these tapes to be aired. So if you're, if you're wanting to air in prime time, guess what? That costs more. Yeah. So I don't think it was on late because it was easier to air maybe questionable content. Although I appreciate that sentiment. I think it's on late because it's just cheaper. Like here in my, in my local market, if I was to say, Hey, I want to buy, you know, a half hour of time. And of course these were hour shows, but I'm just saying, for instance, if I wanted to buy a half hour and I wanted it to be, you know, Thursday nights at 8 PM, uh, well, good luck. That's going to be a, a five figure investment, no matter what, uh, substantial money, even here in just Huntsville, Alabama. However, if you were to say, Hey, I want a half hour, at, you know, on Friday night at 2 a.m. So technically that's Saturday morning. I could get on our biggest local station and they'd be like, oh, cool. Can you give us like 500 bucks? So it's, it's like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. So the feasibility when you're trying to say, Hey, we need to sort of blanket North America, which if you go back a generation, that's how the WWF first really rose to prominence as they went around and made deals at all these different television stations that had existing opportunities with, uh, with other promotions. And then just offered to pay more. And, and so whereas Vince McMahon was coming in, trying to say, Hey, I'll pay you more Paul Heyman because of budget was coming in saying, Hey, uh, I need to pay as little as possible. And as a result, he got a lot of middle of the night time slots. Great. Wow.
0: What a dropkick by Lance storm. God, he could do so many great things.
2: Is it a wonder that he went on to be a tremendous trainer?
0: Yeah. He no surprise there.
2: Meltzer would say storm is one of the best pure athletes in wrestling and his high spots are great, but going this long showed his weaknesses too much in particular, his chops, which he used a lot to do a chop chop fest spots with Lynn are even worse than his punches. He also does missed moves like clotheslines as part of his lengthy high spots that look bad. And there is an over, or there is an air of over choreography and mechanicalness to his lengthy high spots, as opposed to the smoothness that the top Mexicans do the same type of thing. But the actual wrestling was incredible.
0: Wow. He's, he's kind of being, uh, kind of being hard on him there a little no,
2: bit. He's being very complimentary, but he is being, uh, he's probably giving what he believes to be honest feedback. And I think they've gone on to be really good friends in real life. So no surprise. But fans are chanting here some stuff that I think, uh, even would take you back. Like at Don Marie, she's a crack whore really? <laughs> and, uh, Cyrus would say, no, she's a good girl. And Joey styles is going to do lots of saline and fake boob references during mm-hmm. the show. And
0: that's a, that's a, that's kind of a, a, a very, very inventive chant. She's a crack whore. yeah. That's pretty cool. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that too loud around the house here because Lois would say, stop that. And she would, well, she's very sensitive to shit like that.
2: What, about calling other women crack horse? Yes,
0: yeah, about saying bad things about other women. And that's why I'm, I'm always trying to be complimentary of of, of women on this show. I mean.
2: Well, hang on. I'm, so just so I'm clear, you can motherfuck dudes all day long. She doesn't care. But if you say something rude about a woman. Right. Yeah,
0: that that's, that's no go with her. That's sexist. That's, that's just the way it
2: is around the house. Well, you had to tell her, you know, the game done changed woman. (laughs) That's right. Get in that kitchen. Rattle me some pots and pans. You crack whore. I wouldn't say that. Maybe let's not do that. (laughs) On second thought, I think she's onto something. Let's just get rid of it. Okay. I was trying to defend it. I can no longer do that. She's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I apologize. Just hearing you say it made me change my mind rather fast. Yeah.
0: I, I probably took a little bit too far there. Don't you think I went one and that's what I I'm guilty of doing some time. I, I white right, this, uh, someone had a sign that said, we miss Sandman and they got it pulled away from, him. did you see that? Yeah. Well, everybody
2: misses Sandman.
0: Is this when he was with us His hardcore hack? Yeah. Hmm. Just not the same.
2: No. I mean, listen, can you imagine how fired WCW would have been for one segment? If you guys would have licensed, uh, the Metallica song and he came out with his traditional entrance, dude, people would have went nuts for that. Yeah, we, I would have
0: gone nuts for it. And again, I've told this story many times to show you how out of touch. I was with ECW when Howard core hacked. I didn't know who he was.
2: Howard How- core ha- hack. Who was Howard core hack? <laughs> Hardcore hack. Boy, I tell you what, if, if they're going to get a return on their investment, you got to start working on your enunciation.
0: Okay. Okay. I will. Hardcore okay. hack. How's that sound?
2: <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a speech impediment you're trying to overcome <laughs> now. drop kick from Jerry Lynn. Oh, got a two count that time. Hey, so, um, Sandman, I do want to mention he gets, he gets released, uh, in late September, uh, Bill Bush cuts him in a cost cutting measure. So fans are going to get their wish. I think he pops back up, uh, in a surprise return and people just lose their shit during the show. No, not here. Okay. Damn. It was, a. Uh, I I I do wish I could. I do wish I could show you that with the original sound because they did one of those deals that was sort of the way they did things in ECW. Whenever there was a surprise or a return, they would just turn off all the lights. And then when the lights turned back on, there was this, you know, everybody was ready, like, oh, something big's going to happen. And so they did that with Sandman, but instead of him being in the ring because he still has to do his entrance, he was like higher up. And when the lights come back up and the um, spotlight hit him, and immediately the music starts. Like the camera, the floor, the bleachers, everything starts shaking because people were losing their mind that he's back.
0: Uh, again, it, it, this goes back to the, it's probably an, an overused term, but I'm going to use it. The creative genius. That was Paul Heyman. I mean, he yeah, was no doubt still is yes. And still making a great living. look at that bridge suplex. Wow. See, fans are into this. This is, there are no tables or no chairs. Look at them standing up. So this is the first match, and they always say, let's start it out hot, man. And they are. How about that super kick? There's something else that that I think is is very underrated about ECW. Okay. And that's the camera work. I think the camera work here is awesome.
2: I appreciate you saying that because you know what it's, uh, it's well done. And I think that they, um, I think WWE sort of took what, what they did well and then made it shittier, Yes, you know, because like ECW, I think was really some of the first camera work to get the interesting angles and and more movement. I feel like before them wrestling, Camera work was a lot of times just sort of static. I'm going to take this shot and I'm just going to, I mean, it was shot very professionally, but with a very little sort of creative influence. And now, you know, whenever you watch WWE, they want, especially since they win HD, any sort of chance for impact, they do a cutaway to a different view. Right. And as people are like swinging a chair. The cameraman are, are trained to just follow like every swing. Don't just show you the action, but move your camera with the chair. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure certain segment of fans enjoy it, but I think ECW was just enough of that without it being too much. And I think WWE is probably a little too much right now.
0: Yeah, they, they, ju- they knew, see. Just coming in and you you talk, you mentioned camera movement. They, uh, and there's one of the, one of the camera in there is a guy named Charlie and Charlie works for MLW now.
2: Yeah. That's the same guy.
0: Yeah. Same guy. He's, uh, he's been doing it forever, man. And, uh, and I, I've talked to him about the days back in the, you know, the glory days of ECW with all the tables and the chairs and the crazy spots, you know, how did he stay out of harm's way? And he always said it really wasn't easy to do that. Because you've got to try to get in and get in involved in the action and also protect your equipment and protect yourself as well. So, listen, these guys swinging these chairs and shit, it's dangerous stuff, but it's dangerous being there at ringside. Now, of course, Bill Lapter is at ringside, and they hit him with a chair. It wouldn't hurt him in the head at all. But for other guys who try to get in close shots. Why are you saying it wouldn't hurt him at all? Well, he's hard-headed. Mm. I mean, look, he's absolutely, he's got a, he's got a hard noggin. I think this you know, is, uh, you know that you, you tell Bill after something and it's like, he doesn't listen to you. You tell Bill after say, Bill, we want you there at three o'clock. And between the time you tell him three o'clock and three o'clock, he'll call you a hundred times. And say, what was that time again? And it's not old age.
2: Just, he's hard headed. Well, you know, I don't, you, I mean, I can't argue anything you're saying. You've nailed it. It's just hard-headed.
0: So it wouldn't have hurt him, but it really, for the ca- cameraman, it would have been some uh, doing a lot of dancing. Look how the camera moved over to the, to the left, walks in. Yeah, it's good stuff. So they were ahead of their time, and not only that, the stuff that they were doing back then, I, I've said this many times, has stood the test of time. The, the, the fan reaction and the fan involvement is more here than any other sport or any other uh, wrestling uh, company, and now it's that way. On a mainstream level, really. So, yeah, man, let's do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Do me a, we, we've seen some great spots here. And I, and I think I have to say, I have to agree with Melcher on one thing here is that, uh, the length of this match kind of wearing them down
2: too long. You think?
0: Yeah, I think so. They're
2: going to go 16 minutes, 38 seconds. It gets three and a quarter stars. And, um, yeah,
0: see, I'm, I'm always in favor of matches, all matches going a max of 15, all matches, mm-hmm. mm. unless you, unless you got something, one big storyline, but I, I think sometimes that, that, that kids can just go too long.
2: You grew up on Ric Flair wrestling broadways, right? And And now you're advocating. 15, I'm advocating 15 because
0: there are not that many Rick flares and Ricky steamboats out there. There's some,
2: I mean, how many, I I, I think I understand what you're saying and that you're saying, you know, sort of less is more. Right. However, I do think, I do think, you know, you can, a 20 minute, uh, that extra five minutes sometimes makes a lot of difference. Right. I agree, but if the guys can perform,
0: if the guys can perform, but you, sometimes you get into that 20 minute mark and you, they're doing things that you've seen already,
2: but you're right in that it needs to, if you're going to go longer, maybe this is what you're trying to say. Let me, let me take a stab at it. Maybe the gimmick is maybe the, let me, let me try to translate (laughs) for Tony. Well, you're translating. I need you with me everywhere. If there is a storyline issue, the fans can get excited about and sink their teeth into, you can go longer than 15, but if you're just have going to have a really good match an entertaining match cold with no backstory, right? 15 is probably the limit. Yeah. Thank you for
0: translating you're, but you're, you're right. Fans are loving this. I, I don't necessarily love this though. What? Well, I don't, I love the, I mean, I, I, I get it. I love seeing women as you know, but, uh, there was such a, a very good spot and they were cheering the guys, but it it's as if she's trying, well, you mentioned this before now she's drawn the attention to herself.
2: Well, that's uh, sort of her gimmick.
0: Right. This, uh, taping of Jerry Lynn's ribs. Was that a shoot? No. Okay. Was the match over there? Did we miss the finish?
2: Oh my God. Yes. That was the finish. And you were like, she's trying to get herself over. Well, the match is over. (laughs) It was a, it was a pin with a a three quarter Nelson cradle. Okay. One, two, three.
0: I was, I was talking about, well, sometimes you miss the finish and sometimes the finish is not important. What's that thing on Don Callis's forehead anyway?
2: It's like a jewel. He's like a cult leader,
0: you see. Oh, Jesus. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is that what cult leaders do? Put a f- jewel on their head?
2: What Have you ever have you ever been led in a cult? No.
0: <laughs> have you ever been in a cult? There's got to be cults in Alabama somewhere.
2: Dude, we're, you're running a cult right now on Patreon. How do you not fucking know that?
0: Well, maybe I should just put a jewel on my head the next time I do a live chat. You put one in your belly button three weeks ago. <laughs> no, I didn't. What's the difference, Simon Diamond? Uh, what about him reminds me of Matt Striker?
2: Uh, geographic background, jawline, mm. could be. So he's doing a gimmick here. Simon says, okay. Was the gimmick, by the way, he would go on to be, uh, a creative force backstage with, uh, impact wrestling. It was there for a long time, I believe. And I think his real name is Pat Kenny. And, uh, you may have heard that name from there, but here he is doing his in-ring work as Simon diamond.
0: So he's going to grab the microphone to a couple of Simon says things for us here.
2: Yes. Do you want to hear something? Uh- Sure, let's hear some. We can make that happen. We can tap it, make sure it's working.
1: Chicago! Simon has a problem! There he goes!
3: Sounds good so far. You understood that, didn't you?
2: What do you think about a "you suck dick" chant, Tony? Are you for it? Are you against it? Uh,
0: at the, if the moment is right, I'm for it.
2: Hypothetically, <laughs> if you come out one of these first AEW TV tapings, mm-hmm. and the crowd has decided they've had enough of you, mm-hmm. you're in here trying to take a job. From the voice of wrestling, Jim Ross, and they start chanting, "You suck, dick! You suck, dick! I mean, would you look at that as like positive thing? No, I would not. Mm. And I'm, I,
0: I think you're, you, you mentioned something. You're setting up something that is completely wrong. You
2: motherfucker. What that you? So you don't suck, dick? or you do? <laughs> oh, it's well, okay if you do. It's 2019. You then can, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to. T- I'm. <laughs> You can suck or not suck whatever you want, Tony. It's fine. No judgment. Judgment free zone. Oh, my God.
0: Hello? Are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I get this big job and you turn against me.
2: How have I turned against you? I mean, did this, you just listen to what you just said? I said, if the fans. Yeah, but I feel, I'm not going, I'm not going to take Jim Ross's job. Oh, I didn't say you were, but I think a lot of fans are going to interpret that once they oh. find out how many commas are in your weekly paycheck. No, I'm not. And
0: I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do a lot of behind the scenes work. You see
2: where are you at on jazz here. I'm for, of course, jazz was, uh, And all of our AEW shenanigans over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So she's wrestling, uh, Simon here. No,
0: she's not. Okay.
2: Simon diamond Mm -hmm. comes out and asks Tom Marquez to be his partner. And that's who you saw climbing in the ring a minute ago. And when Marquez gets up, Simon said I didn't say Simon Says
0: oh Jesus
2: Christ so Jazz comes out and Diamond is going to call her worthless Here
0: Uh-huh.
2: and that's going to lead To Marquez taking On Jazz hmm. I'm going to play a little audio here.
1: It's that they're worthless and they're Just simply TNA
2: So he's saying the women in wrestling are just TNA; they're
1: worthless.
2: This is pretty good. I I like this. So you like that he's saying she has a ghetto booty and a dollar ninety nine hair weave?
0: No, I like this angle. I didn't necessarily like what she he was saying there. I don't always agree with that. (laughs) This is entertaining. Uh.
2: Intergender wrestling, you for it? How about this Uh, move? Let me tell you what you think about. I can't wait to get your opinion of this move here.
0: (laughs) See, I told you what the claw did. It's a hell of a move.
2: Well, if they were doing claws on junks, some Devon Eric's did it. I'd have been in. I don't remember no junk claws. Yeah, it, it works. Uh, uh, your hand is strong. It, it can grip the head. It can
0: grip a, the bicep. It can grip the, the junk. You're thinking, one, two. Whoa. What the hell happened there?
2: Oh, now. Now, see, now, this, uh, I don't, what? this is... What? It's just a bunch of dudes kicking a woman in the head. You're not for no, it? No, I'm not for it. Well, you don't...
0: Intergender match, I don't mind. Straight-up match, but getting, uh, like, uh, two guys stomping one woman with getting the heat...
2: Who's this guy in this, this? Wait, who's which guy? I can't wait. Oh,
0: the, 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 the guy with the, uh, the, the really
2: just, just name him. Let's give him a name. Okay. Uh, fluff man. All right. And who's this guy doing the dive with the green and black. Okay. Greasy man. Okay. I'm, we're going to go with uh fluff man and Jack leg hurricane. <laughs> because you know, a going to wear the black and green. Uh-huh. Alright, so really Jack Leg Hurricane is Mike Bucci, aka Supernova, who you've okay. seen before here. Very innovative wrestler. You know, once upon a time Chris Canyon was was uh receiving a lot of high praise for his innovative offense. And Nova was doing the same thing here in ECW. Original member of the Blue World Order, him and Stevie Richards and the Blue Mini. The other guy, Fluffman, as you said, mm-hmm. is Chris Chetty who I believe is, uh, somehow related to Taz. I could be wrong on that. Mm. But he was one of the first guys to finish the, uh, the house of hardcore or the, uh, whatever the dojo was that Mikey Whipwreck and, and Taz ran. I guess he's like Taz's cousin. And I might be totally wrong on that, but I think that's right.
0: So the house of hardcore, uh, smart me up here. Was it, a, was a shooting thing to train wrestlers or was it just a on, on camera gimmick?
2: No, no, it was, it was a real professional wrestling school. It was oh. like, it was like you guys power plant, except oh. probably not as, uh, um, I just imagine if Taz was running it, it was down and dirty. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. like it's probably old school. You, you probably don't fill out a bunch of a, uh, HR paperwork and it's probably right. not air conditioned and probably not using brand new equipment. You know, it's probably like, uh. Rocky training compared to Ivan Drago and WrestleMania Four, just the ECW version of the power plant.
0: Yeah, I I get that, and and I'm sure the House of Hardcore, you would have to take a lot of chair shots, go through a lot of tables. No, no, no. Why would you call it House of Hardcore?
2: Well, because Taz is going to run you till you fucking vomit, type shit. Well,
0: then he goes, then he's going to hit you in the head with a chair. I mean, if you're going to be in ECW, you got to learn how to take a chair shot. You can't just say, okay. You did a great job. You've worked out. You've worked hard in the house of hardcore. You can do a million push ups and a million setups. Now we're going to hit you in the head with a chair.
2: So here's the deal. You've clearly not watched a lot of Taz wrestling because now, Taz did not put a lot of motherfuckers through chairs and not did not swing a lot of chairs. Taz was about, I'm going to pick you up and variation number 972 dump you on your fucking head, brother.
0: Yeah, I get that. I oh well Mr. Fluff has has a broken leg.
2: I love the um the what? ref cutting eyes over there. No, he did he's he's hurt himself.
0: Yeah.
2: Um most would say So it's a shoot here. No heat, although it was all action, but fans see these Oops. guys as not worthy of being on a pay per view. Chetty injured himself and it may have been seriously doing a moonsault and temporarily lost all feeling in his legs. When his back went out, Mm. similar to a scary situation he had not that long ago at a house show, he's in a lot of pain. And this injury was said to be much more serious than the first one. He has movement and feeling in his legs after the initial numbness and was scheduled to undergo an MRI this week, an explanation Given was that the match fell apart because everyone panicked since whatever Chetty was supposed to do, wasn't going to happen, which I guess makes sense, but don't worry. You're going to get a little spot. You'll be proud of here at the end Now this is Danny Doring coming off the top. I think he listens to the show. Shout out to Danny. And that of course, over in the corner is roadkill and the girl running around in the back or the lady rather, my apologies is Lita, but she's not Lita here. Here she's miss congeniality.
0: Love me some Lita. She was so nice when I first met her in in Vegas.
2: Oh, that, I guess yeah, that makes sense. Your first time meeting Lita was Starcast, huh? Right, Starcast in Vegas, Starcast too. How about uh How about Roadkill with the Chickens? Roadkill with the Chickens. And here comes CW Anderson. Yeah, huh? Right.
0: A lot of ball hit of guys in the ring. What do you think?
2: Where's Vito Lagrasso? Mm. Big Vito. Yeah, lots of dudes here, and it's just a pier six brawl. Nobody knows exactly what to do. So you got Rod Price and the fans Spanish don't know Angel, do. Bill Wiles. Well, here's what here's what's happening now. You can't okay. hear it, but I'll give you a little a little hint. Not be into the oh, I forgot we're just watching the shitty network version. That's new Jack's theme music. Okay. And so he's going to run to the ring now with a bunch of weapons. That's the reason everybody's excited. Cause they know if he's coming out, that's about to be your ass. <laughs> and the way they would know, I know you're not a hip hop fan. Although we are going to yeah. do a little Tony Reed's rap later. We're not going to do this one, but we could at some point.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, the song starts with a gunshot.
0: Oh, that's great.
2: Well, I'm just saying that way, you know, like,
0: yeah. No, you see what he's got?
2: Yep. <laughs> electronic football
0: board. <laughs> oh man, I've got one of those at home in the attic with a six-man tag belt somewhere. Fuck off! No, <laughs> I do. I do. I love that. This is a pretty creative shit. What's what's he got? He's got a, a keyboard. He's got a computer keyboard. <laughs> What the fuck? I love it. Don't bring out the regular shit.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Jesus, I still think they ought to take like a baseball bat and hit somebody in the nuts with it, or take a kendo stick and hit and stick it up a guy's ass. So like, yeah, there you go, right there, pool cue. <laughs> right on the gimmick and right on the Tony. Do you hmm. see that? I don't know why my name was on there. Oh, okay. Here's, here's Jimmy Havoc. Inspiring. Fucking new Jack was fucking, he was crazy. Wasn't he?
2: Well, he was doomed to be a killer since he came out the nutsack. Staple gun to the head. Remember the time, remember the time that Jack Briscoe staple gun to motherfucker.
0: Yes, that's right. That was at the, that was at the 58 minute mark against Dory funk jr.
2: How about these guitar, guitar shots were always fun. I don't,
0: I, I don't, this is probably not a gimmick balsa wood guitar. Do you think?
2: You oh, think? maybe it is. <laughs> so what he started doing, which was a bit of an innovation is he put powder in it to give it that right. big effect. That's pretty smart, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Look at the crowd, dude. I know that a lot of people are critical of new Jack and Lord knows he deserves most of that criticism. Mm-hmm. However, motherfucker was over. Was he not? Oh yeah. And you know what? He, he breathed some life into
0: what, what was the smaz that no one was buying.
2: I think that's the way Paul Heyman would design it. He knew like, Hey, these guys are good wrestlers, but fans don't care about them yet. Right. So We'll just put them out here, create some chaos and then let him run in and clear house. It makes a, a fun moment, but Meltzer, of course, hates anything fun. Negative one star. Mm. Don't send me your tweets. I'm busting balls. That was a joke. But I I really enjoyed the new Jack stuff, and I know it doesn't age well when we know what we know now about head trauma and things like that. And nobody's confusing that it was uh, you know, five star clinic. But when you look at personality, you look at charisma, a connection with the fans, and and all that's the presentation. You know, the trash can full of weapons. And you know the theme song, but him making the execution of him swinging those weapons—that was fun and, and different and interesting. All right, so one of those guys, I think, yeah, on the right, that's Dave Shearer. I thought that may have been Mike Johnson, but I don't guess it is.
0: Uh, listen, I, I a smart me up about New Jack here. Okay. You said uh, he's had plenty of criticism, some which is deserved. I, I don't know that much about him.
2: Okay. Um, well, he uh, he wrestled an underage guy in 1996 named Eric Kulos, and uh, he Eric came to a show looking to get booked, and uh, either Balls Mahoney or Axel Rotten, somebody like that. I think it was Axel, maybe. No showed, so they had an empty spot on the card. And they needed Devon Dudley to have a tag team partner against the gangsters, which is Mustafa and, of course, New Jack. Mm-hmm. And Eric Kulos, while he was a big kid, uh, dressed sort of almost like in a cop uniform, a mass transit type uniform. Okay. And that was the name that he called himself, Mass Transit. And he was not really hip to pro wrestling etiquette. And he just starts going over. Hey, here's what all I want to do. And that's mm-hmm. not your job as a enhancement guys just brought in for the day. You know, right. trying to get your spots in mm-hmm. that rub people the wrong way. And then eventually they say, well, you're, you know, it's ECW. You're going to have to get color. And he says, well, I've never done it. Will you do it for me? And new Jack just allegedly grins like the Cheshire cat goes out there, stiffs the fuck out of him and then cuts him from ear to ear. Hmm. And the kid starts freaking out because he is not just cut. He's cut bad and, and gushing blood. And his dad panics and is running towards the ring and screaming. He's 17. He's 17. The kid had lied about his age and his experience. Apparently he had only done like comedy gimmick, like, um, quote unquote midget matches, which is probably not what you're supposed to call it now, but that's what it was called back then. And, uh, it cost DCW a lot of opportunity. Um, They were supposed to be a pay-per-view center and Bruce Mitchell, our friend here wrote about what happened and allegedly sent a tape to viewers choice. And they lost their pay-per-view clearance that happened in November of 1996. But fast forward, he would get in fights with, uh, fans. And then after ECW, uh, he worked in a company called XPW and there he saw an opportunity to sort of get revenge on an opponent. So there was a big guy named Vic Grimes, who the WWF was interested in, and he's working with New Jack here in ECW. And they were supposed to do a big spot where they fall off the top of the building sort of thing through some tables. Because, you know, New Jack at this era is jumping off stuff. Sure. And the guy was hesitant to go. So when he actually went, he accidentally landed on New Jack's head. And supposedly he lost vision in his eye, went deaf in an ear. Brain fluid comes out of his ear. New Jack never forgot that. So, or maybe brain fluid out of his nose, whatever New Jack says. Anyway, it was bad. And the guy, uh, was in New Jack's crosshair. So when they wrestled in a scaffold match, oh my god! Uh, New Jack threw him or tried to throw him off the scaffold. And instead of going through tables, wanted to throw him and hit the floor and murder him. He was not successful, but the guy did not just. Land flush on the tables. He wound up hitting part of the ropes and bouncing violently, and it was very, very bad. And then another time, he wrestled a guy named Gypsy Joe. Have you heard of Gypsy Joe before? <laughs> is he alive? G- uh, Gypsy Joe is a was a long time journeyman wrestler who was uh, very much uh, elderly by the time they actually wrestled. Uh, I think he passed away when he was like eighty two. So when he was like in his seventies somewhere, he has a match. With New Jack and new jack uh um, can i can I interrupt
0: you here? yes, stories like this is all are only on our e c w shows
2: yeah. go ahead, continue well, apparently New Jack says that uh Gypsy Joe head butted him in the nose for yeah. real, and he wasn't selling for New Jack, so New Jack decides I know how to fix that, mm. so uh he starts hitting him with a baseball bat for real, several other stuff too, but Jesus. Anyway, uh, there was another time in 2004 (laughs) where he was wrestling an independent guy and that guy is not really selling. Mm. I think he makes the mistake of hitting new Jack for real. So the new Jack just reaches in his pants and pulls out a knife and stabs him 14 times.
0: Oh my God. In the middle of the match. Oh my God.
2: And and I think once upon a time he was in a relationship with, uh, your great close personal friend, Terry Mm -hmm. Runnels. Right. And, um, or I'm sorry, boat, right. Or whatever. Yeah. And, and I think there may or may not have been extracurricular activities, but at one point, uh, he started to leak pictures and videos of her. And one of them was where he had convinced her to blade herself and she was bleeding from the forehead. Mm. So he's just always found himself sort of surrounded by controversy.
0: Right. That it sounds like that. Maybe he created some of it. Not sure, but maybe
2: he did. He's, uh, years ago would show his, uh, fists to the camera and talk about how he has no knuckles in one of his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people would ask what for, and he would say something like that's from beating a bitch in the eye. Mm. And, uh, then he had a tattoo of like, uh, bullets and these were all of his justifiable homicides from being a bounty hunter. Jesus. So New Jack was uh, a character and a half. Fair to say. This is incredible. This is these are fucking
0: incredible stories. Holy mother! No wonder he didn't get mainstream.
2: Well, they. they one of the funny things that became, you know, sort of rumor and innuendo in wrestling is they were going to run a, an angle with Carlito, Carlos Colon's son in the WWF, that he perhaps. Was involved in the stabbing of John Cena. They were going to run a stabbing angle.
0: No, oh my God, And
2: fans were hot and heavy on the rumor that, Hey, they're going to bring in new Jack for the stabbing angle. Cause new Jack had a reputation of, I guess. So yeah.
0: Stabbing somebody 14 times. That would be a reputation. Mm-hmm. Is this a handicap match or no, or it's,
2: it's what's called a three-way or a triple threat.
0: Okay. I've heard of those before. And this guy on the left is super crazy.
2: Yeah, so the Hispanic performer on the left is super crazy, and the mm-hmm. guy who just did the drop kick is Yoshihiro Tajiri, who you've seen wrestle before in Little Blue Trunks, but now he's wearing the pants. And uh, on the right is your favorite Little Guido, who has the largest feet in the history of wrestling.
0: You know what that means? Big shoes. Big shoes.
2: But the uh, Paul Heyman push of Little Guido. Is I mean he, he was really the backbone of FBI the full-blooded Italians, and he was nicknamed the Italian shooter, and what it, maybe he lacked on size, and he really brought it. And he was one of those guys who, like a lot of other guys in ECW, had multiple jobs. But Super Crazy and Tajiri are sort of the latest flavor of the month in ECW, always having uh, an international flair for the talent on the card. These are two talents that maybe weren't super mainstream prior to ECW, but they're both going to wind up with WWE deals as a result of this. As did little Guido. They're doing some pretty good stuff here. Yeah. And as they do this stuff here, you
0: know what I, I the new Jack stories. I think those new Jack stories are going to haunt me for months. Why? they just, uh, well, I mean, we, we've talked about crazy things in wrestling and, you know, um, uh, I mean, we even talked about the time a Harley race hit Ricky Steamboat in the eye to make the eye, you know, puff up and make it look real. But that, 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 stabbing a guy, what the fuck, uh, hitting a 70 year old with a baseball bat, stabbing the guy, my good God. It's a, it's a wonder, it's a wonder he didn't get arrested at arenas and he, maybe he did. Jesus. Anyway, back to the action. Here we go. So little Guido was the head of the
2: FBI. Uh, he's, he's sort of the backbone of it. You, you, you remember you. Right. Tracy Smothers, Tommy rich. They're both from Nashville, Italy. Right. <laughs> they also had another guy, uh, uh, uh an African American gentleman.
0: Yeah.
2: He would contend that he was in fact, Italian American mm-hmm. JT Smith. Mm-hmm. You would have really liked him. That's early ECW. I got to show you one day. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let me ask you this, uh, since we've been doing live shows and, you know, since we've had a lot of friends and fans that there's a
2: fan in the front row wearing a fucking helmet. I just noticed that for the first time he just moved out. He's right by our cameraman to the right. He is legit wearing a helmet in the front row. This is the most well-prepared ECW fan ever.
0: Is it like, I didn't see it. it like a football helmet or it's
2: it's like a helmet that you used to put on Jabber Shivani when he was little. When, when (laughs) y'all would put him on the leash, see right there. Oh re- yeah. See, look, that's, a, that's,
0: that's like a motorcycle
2: helmet. It's exactly what, you know, you used to put that harness on little Jobber Shavani Shivani, whenever y'all go out in public and you'd have to put the helmet on.
0: Where'd the fat guy come in from?
2: He's a member of the FBI. That's big Sally Graziano. Oh
0: uh, yeah, that's right. May your first child be a masculine child. Don
2: How about for 600 pounds. So Graziano hopped right out of that ring pretty easy. Yes, he did. I was like, damn, look
0: at there. <laughs> Let me get out of here before I drop dead of a heart attack too. He is dead by the way. Oh, okay. Well, did it happen here?
2: I don't know that he's dead. I'm just freestyling. Okay.
0: But I was, I was going to say that, uh, with our friends and, and that we've come to know and, uh, isn't it great that we've gotten to know Tommy rich? Oh, Tommy Rich is tremendous. Is he? Isn't he one of the great characters of all time? I mean, really, if you know Tommy like we do, he I and I didn't realize this how funny he is. God, he kills me, man. He is absolutely one of the funniest guys ever. And you, you got him up on our live show and tried to get him to talk, and he wasn't going to buy any of it, man.
2: No, he was not having it.
0: No, he was not. That's good, Tommy being Tommy. But he's a friend of the show, as is Tracy Smothers, and and you know what? Well, that does, that's one thing that you've done for me. Well, obviously the big thing you've done for me is get me back in the business, hey. Jesus. Uh-huh. But one of the things that you've done for me is that you have connected me and with a lot of people in wrestling that normally I wouldn't have connected with former wrestlers current wrestlers and I've become friends with and I appreciate that I have a lot of respect for everybody in the business I feel Everybody, like especially guys who take bumps and cut themselves and go through tables and chairs and you know love the business I, I really think that uh, to be a performer in the business uh, and this I may be wrong but I think to be a good performer in the business in this day and age you have to have a respect. And a realization and a knowledge of what happened in the past, and I think most of the guys who perform these days do.
2: I feel like you're like low key saying goodbye to your your listeners right now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not low key saying
0: goodbye to my listeners, man. This yeah. this, this this podcast, twenty January twenty seventeen, started the the train that's changed my life. So no, I'm not saying goodbye to them but uh it's just uh, i'm just uh, talking about how much how my love of pro wrestling
2: has returned well, and i'm, I'm for know, it i support it i'm for it
0: yeah and i'm going to now you know be going to AEW shows and you know uh, the the TNT shows that we're going to have starting in October and i'm going to meet some new wrestlers and new performers and i got to meet the women of AEW at the at the latest starcast and so yeah, it's it's great, man. It's great being back into it. Thank you.
2: What was your your highlight of Starcast? My
0: highlight of Starcast, uh, I think my highlight of Starcast was actually, honestly, and, and I'm not sucking up, okay, but doing the show with Cody. Yeah. And, and it's because of because I know his mom very, very, very well. Whoa, and I, whoa, his,
2: whoa! You not, I'm not going to let you disparage the good goddamn name of Shelley. I'm not despair.
0: I love Michelle. She's one of my favorite people of all time. Her and Lois are friends. They, they, Michelle and Michelle and Kevin, her friend came to the christening of our, one of our grandchildren. We are close friends of the family. Came to so the what,
2: wedding, bro. I sat with them.
0: Yes. So I'd like to also say that I'm friends with them. And my love of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes made that time with Cody special for me. And not the, just the fact that I'm working with him now. So it just, uh, I felt the same way when I saw Cody and Dustin Russell in Las Vegas at double or nothing. You just get that feeling, man. It brings you back. Okay. So see, not everything I need to say on here is silly. No, no. Oh, it's good stuff. I appreciate you sharing, but it was special being able to. To host that. I wish I was, you
2: could have seen the uh, Janella Palooza. That would have been your jam. Well, you know, I'm a busy man. No, I understand. You got 19 jobs. Not anymore. Now I've got 18. <laughs> Are you going to make an announcement here?
0: Oh, yeah. I've already, well, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've given my notice to the baseball team.
2: <sighs> I mean, I knew, but I don't think you told everybody listening. No, I, I haven't really
0: made that. I mean, the baseball team knows, and people in baseball know. But I've decided that uh, that I've got a lot. I've well, I've got a great job now. I'm working for great people, and that's important. See, that is what's important in life. And I'm t- And here is here is a here is a tip from an old guy who's done a lot of jobs. <laughs> Make sure you work for good people. Make sure you work for good people. And Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, the bucks good people. Conrad Thompson, full of shit, good people. The Georgia Bulldogs, great people. The Atlanta Braves, great people. That's important in life. You got to be happy in your job.
2: So, um, no, I won't start it up. I'll just let it go. <laughs> hey, uh. You really want to stir shit up here, don't you? I do. I do like it. I can't help it. But (laughs) i tell you what. A lot of people are going to take issue with you lumping me in the good people category. That's because
0: those people don't know you.
2: Well, I appreciate you saying that. But recently, uh, I did an interview a couple weeks ago, I guess, with uh, Matt Coon, trying to get his piece of shit podcast somebody listens to over. (laughs) And he said, hey, man, can you do me a favor, man? Blah blah. blah. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. So I did it. And he asked me about WWE getting into podcasting. And I said something like, well, the golden age of wrestling, uh, wrestling podcasting is over. If you think you're just going to like, Hey, we're going to start a show. And then all this money is going to pour in because advertising has really changed in that medium. Since there was a major player in the market, sort of fudging the numbers that everybody got paid on. And when they exited it, Caused a bit of a run on the bank and a lot of talent jumped ship from one place to the other. And now the new place is figuring out, uh, Hey, some of those numbers that we were expecting were bullshit because they were reported by the other place. So some of the, some of the ad revenue has dried up and that's trickled down everywhere now that there's been more sort of regulation and uniformity with the way downloads are measured. So at this point, a lot of wrestling shows have a lot of wrestling podcasts have went away. They are no more. And I expect that that will continue uh, sort of a thinning out of the herd because at this point is really down to two folks, two soup, two sets of folks, folks who are doing really big numbers or folks who are in it for the love of the game. Well, apparently a lot of, uh, see sort of DIY podcasts to great issue with this and said that I was telling them to get out of podcasting and they've been in podcasting for longer than me. And who am I to tell them to leave? I never said anybody should quit podcasting, dude. do what you want and have fun. I was explaining that if WWE thinks they're going to come in and there will be this huge influx of cash and a new revenue stream, they may have been sold a bill of goods based on, the way CPMs are working for wrestling podcasts in 2019. Of course, that's not what some people want to hear. They want to, Oh, Conrad who's only been podcasting for four years. Tells me to fuck off, but I've been at 10 years. Fuck you. I didn't say you weren't have fun. Who cares? However, the business model has changed. And a lot of the DIY podcasts who took issue with what I was saying, I've never actually been in that CPM advertising agency conversation. So they're not even, you don't even really know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that to be ugly, but I mean, clearly I was in a veiled way talking about podcast one and how it fucking collapsed, but people didn't want to bite on that. And instead thought that I was telling them that what they're doing sucks. That's not true at all. I'm very supportive of every podcast except Jay-Z's and Matt Coon's. And I I don't support those because they're turds and 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 even, how about this even that's not true because I've, I'm a guest on those shows and like those guys in real life and I'm busting balls and trying to help them by mentioning them and plugging their stuff but whatever if you're looking for a reason to hate me then add that one to the list roll tide
0: well it comes down to this I I, I really think I think I can I can simplify it people that are hating on you because of what you said there are people in life that get it and there are people like that don't get it and
2: well and some of it is just based on jealousy and that's going to fire some up but i mean there's a couple of guys out there who just hate everything i do and jump at the chance to shit on it and they take great pride in the fact that they've been doing it for 10 years and have had fraction of a fraction of the success and they've got all these excuses as to why and you know, they say, oh, well, you've got this or you did that. And I would never do this, dude. I, it's not a competition. Like go have fun. Who cares? But if, if we're, if we're going to compare downloads, I'm going to hit you with that old Rocky four. You will lose. If we're going to compare revenue, I'm going to hit you with that Rocky four. You will lose. If we're going to count, you know, any metric of any success, whether it's relationships with agencies or all of my co-hosts having big time jobs in wrestling. Or being on the WWE Network, or doing European tours, or doing live shows, or whatever. But yes, I'm an asshole, and I married a wrestler's daughter, and I'm fat, and uh, whatever. So, thanks for listening. And how about this match we just talked over? Yeah, I, I'm I'm sad that we didn't spend more time on it, but at the same time, if it's a really good match, there's only so much we can do with it. Mm-hmm. Because we like to shit on things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But there you go. Three and a half stars. I think you're going to like what's up next though. Check this out. Steve Carino doing a promo. What do you think he's talking about? Uh,
0: I'm talking about there are too many people now coming into the WWE. They have me working with a guy named Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor, who knows the biggest stooge ever in the business, but I got to go ride a bus with him now and then to these different towns. I don't want to do that anymore. Hey, I could have been a baseball announcer. I like the game of baseball. I talked to Tony Schiavone about that. But now they got me with this motherfucker called Terry Taylor. Now they bring in Eric Bischoff. Now they bring in Paul Heyman. And, you know, they even said they wanted to try to bring in Tony Schiavone. But Shivani said, hey, who's your baseball team? You got a baseball team. I'll come and work for you. And they said, no, we do wrestling on a big level. We don't have a baseball team. Schiavone said, no, I'll let Steve Carino do it. And uh, uh, the, the guy next to me is, uh, is that rhino next to me? Uh, was, rhino is dead.
4: Just like not, you, Shivani. He's You're not dead. dead.
0: He's not dead. He's not dead. Okay. never mind what I was saying.
2: He's okay. On, he's on impact.
0: Okay. That's script writers. And that's why we shouldn't have script writers. They said he had died. And I'm reading the script right through the teleprompter there that said the guy to my left is dead and he's not dead. He's on impact. So there you go. I don't want to have script writers anymore. And the guy in front of us, does he look like Brian knobs to you? That's just, I said, like Bron-
2: you know, Jack victory.
0: Yes. It's Jack Victory. Like I said, though, once again, scriptwriters fucking me up. I should not read what scriptwriters say. I should be able to use my own talent and not do that V
2: for victory. How about oh that? Billy Corgan. Oh. How about that? Owner the of smash- the NWA oh. chilling. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I'm going to get, I'm going to think I'm going to get the, uh, the jewel on my forehead.
2: I need you to wear that out on AEW TV. No, I'm
0: not going to do that. I would do it on my live chats on Patreon. Hey, I, I, I'd wear I, I wear the I wear it right, and all the guys who log in on Patreon, all right, will log in when they when they when the video comes up, and I got the jewel on my the forehead. They all will go, "Whoa, you, you." What is the
2: chanting supposed to represent? It's uh, it's a cult. Mm. And I'm a cult
0: leader. You know what I liked about Justin?
2: What do you like about Justin? He was credible. <laughs> uh.
0: also met him a, a number of years ago. I like him, too. Now, who's this guy? He looks like a swoled-up uh, Chavo Guerrero.
2: <laughs> That's Jason. Okay. And, uh, of course, you know Justin Credible. We've had a lot of fun with him. Right. Mm.
0: It's just in your mouth.
2: hmm
0: <laughs> Man, some people are really creative with these signs, buddy.
2: Especially ECW fans, buddy.
0: It's just in your mouth. <laughs>
2: Oh, by the way, uh, what you just missed there with, uh, Oh, coming up next. I think. Yeah. Most suicidal, homicidal, genocidal superstar of all time. Mm -hmm. Sabu is going to be his opponent, but what you just missed with Steve Carino is he was saying that the insane clown posse was supposed to be his mystery team to face Raven and Tommy dreamer. But he said on Friday, the manager of ICP called ECW and said when he found out they found out that Raven and Dreamer were going to be their opponents, they said they weren't going to show up. And in reality, uh, Violent J was on Mark Madden's radio show in Pittsburgh and said they were going to jump from WCW to ECW. But when they found out they were getting squashed in two minutes, they changed their mind. So Carino said he and Rhino are now going to face Raven and Dreamer later in the show and really starts burying Insane Clown Posse. And then... Joey styles kept it up saying that they were ready to jump without giving any notice and that bill Bush should fire them from WCW. So they're going way out of their way to shit on them.
0: Was this before, uh, this had to be before the neck break.
2: What do you mean? Well, they had uh, to- this had to, this, when oh, oh, did Before Mike Awesome threw him off a deal? Yeah, right. Mike Awesome's here, so he can't be throwing him off the deal there. Got it. Thank you for that. Yeah.
0: And if they would have done the two minute squash job, he wouldn't have broken his neck. <laughs>
2: Boy, when you think it's, about it that way, it really puts a lot of things in perspective,
0: doesn't it? it doesn't it, it, does it ever? Only thing you'll, hey, only thing you have to worry about here is going through a table. WCW, we're throwing your ass off a bus. <laughs> Which is one of the more horrific bumps, up, bumps I've ever seen. It's like slide off the bus. Can't stop. Clink. You know, one thing I noticed, and, and I guess it's plain to the fans because the fans are so uh, reactor, reactionary. Is that a right word? I got to learn my words before I get back on TV. Uh, But there's a lot of talking here. There's been a lot of talking in almost all the matches. And I guess it's because the fans react and that's what they want. But just about every match, somebody has come out and grabbed the microphone and had something to say.
2: Am I right? Yeah, I mean, that's how you get over as you talk. I know that's that's how you get over, but... If
0: everybody does it, then what the fuck? Uh, Again, I I, I think that things can be overdone. Even something as simple as everybody in the ring talking. Although I do like doing your talking in the ring. And, you know, I I think we mentioned this this on one of our bonus podcasts. I don't know if you and I have uh, done a couple of bonus podcasts. I don't know if I, I mentioned this last week or not. I may have mentioned it in the, uh, my spot. I probably did talking about talking to the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Looking in the camera.
2: That's right. You did. That's where it was. Right.
0: Uh, it's so important to do that instead of talking to each other. Just some of my feelings on the business that I think still apply today. Great time for the business, man. Great time for the wrestling business has been a a renaissance. What are they doing? They threatened to ring
2: announcer now. What the fuck? Did it all start because you came back to wrestling? You think
0: me, uh, with the Renaissance,
2: here's what I'm saying.
0: No, the Renaissance start the Renaissance. No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Did the wrestling Renaissance start before or after January, 2017?
0: Um, I don't know because January, 2017, I was still in the, uh, I was still kind of removed from the business.
2: That's when we started our podcast. You dick fuck. You just said it okay. a couple of minutes ago. Okay. So I'm trying to give you credit.
0: Yeah, but I know what you're trying to do and I'm trying to deflect that credit.
2: Okay. Well, let's give it to me then. How about that? <laughs> okay. Can I have it? The, the wrestling Renaissance started with a, I think, listen,
0: I think it started with, uh, With the advent of AEW and, uh, God
2: damn, I'm so busting balls right now. Of course it did. (laughs) And with the,
0: uh, you know, being the elite on YouTube and the things the bucks did. And of course it started with that. There you go. So stop busting my eyes. I thought, I thought my video had stopped there for a moment, but that was just the lights going out and Sabu is in the ring. How
2: about the, uh. The moonsault bouncing off the ropes with the legs like that. That's cool,
0: huh? Yeah, yeah he can he could do some great shit.
2: You know what? This is gonna be a fourteen minute match. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's time. Are you ready? Oh, people are gonna get pissed off if I
0: rap during Sabu's match, aren't they?
2: They're gonna get pissed off either way.
0: <laughs> you just cannot please the masses, Conrad.
2: Would you rather do it now or during the Van Dam Balls Mahoney match? No, let's do it now. All right. I don't know. You tell me which
0: one would be the best one to do it. It doesn't matter to me. I'll Let's I, do it now. Okay. I'll do whatever you say.
2: All right. So here's what we're going to do this week. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to drop some hip hop knowledge on you. Are you ready? Right. Are you familiar with a rapper named notorious B I G? Well, I'm familiar with, uh, that he's
0: dead and that he, he, and his one-time friend Tupac. Oh my God. You know, okay. things. Well, yeah, I mean, this, this was mainstream stuff. They had, they had major problems with each other.
2: They had beef, Tony, they had beef, had beef. Right. And, uh, they used to be friends and then they weren't. And, uh, Tupac was shot and a lot of people were looking at, Hey, maybe this could have been notorious B I G because they were on sort of competing record labels. Um, of course Tupac was on death row records, which is now I believe owned by a toy company. And, um, P Diddy represented the other. So you got Suge Knight on one side, P Diddy on the other. Suge Knight goes out, starts talking trash about P Diddy and it becomes East Coast versus West Coast. And the violence really got turned up. Uh, Tupac is gunned down, uh, outside of a studio, uh, in New York city. And he decides to do one of the first ever hip hop diss tracks. Are you familiar with a diss track, Tony?
0: Yeah. diss track is when you actually, uh, f- diss another person.
2: Yeah. So he has a whole song dedicated to shitting on one person, but he releases it for the whole world to hear, to embarrass them and sort of punk them. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do today is one of the very first diss tracks. Tupac Shakur's hit em up. And, uh, I think I found an instrumental here. I hope this is right. But I'm going to need you to, uh, check your email. Mm -hmm. Got you some lyrics over there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, whenever you think you're ready, just let me know. And we'll try to take a stab here and see if I've got the right instrumental. Could I uh, do
0: a disclaimer here? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is something that normally I would not do. It's not that I don't like, uh, well, it's just not my type of music. Uh, as you know,
2: Well, what do you mean? You wouldn't normally do it. You've been doing it for months well i've been doing it because i'm making you you. you're making me do it right yeah i know you don't want to i know if it was up to you we would just sing Whalen jennings songs and hold hands do a little john denver kumbaya shit like that no no
0: take me home country roads to the okay
2: and maybe you know some taylor swift i know how much you love i do that really terrible music like that so uh, if you've got your lyrics, you just let me know Don't sully
0: you? the good goddamn name of Taylor Swift
2: Jay-Z is really happy right now somewhere Are you ready,
0: Tony? She's a wonderful young lady Do you have the lyrics, Tony? Yes, I do
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Tony reads rap Hit him up I ain't got no motherfucking friends That's why I fuck your bitch,
0: you fat motherfucker Westside, bad boys killer, take money you know who the realest is, Guy? We bring it to you. Take money, take money. First off, fuck your bitch and the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with the game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys, Guy, fuck for life. Plus, Puffy trying to see me weak hearts. I rep Bruce and Eric Bischoff some mark-ass bitches. I say, I rip Bruce and Eric Bischoff some mark-ass bitches. We keep on coming while we're running for your jewels. Steady gunning. Keep on busting at them fools. You know the rules. Little Caesar, you go ask your homie how I leave you cutting up your young ass. Leaving you on pieces. Now be deceased. Little Kim, don't fuck around with the real G's. Quit to snatch your ugly ass off the street. So fuck peace. I let them... Guys, know it's on for life. So I let the West Side ride tonight. Bad boy murdered on wax and killed. Fuck with me and get your caps peeled. You know, see, grab your Glocks when you see Tupac. Call the cops when you see Tupac. Huh, who shot me? Your punks didn't finish. Now you're about to feel the wrath of a menace. Marks, Bruce, Eric, I hit him up. Check this out. You motherfuckers know what time it is. Take money. You, I don't even know what's on this track. Take money. Y'all marks ain't even on my level. I'm going to let my little homies
2: ride on you. Take money. Thank bitch. you Lord. What? Dude, just, just, that may be your best performance. You think so? Yeah.
0: Surprising how Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff's names appear in these lyrics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> these guys were prophetic. These guys could see into the future. What was the line with their name again?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Bruce and Eric Bischoff some mark ass bitches. What was the, what were the top two lines,
0: first two? <laughs> I ain't got no motherfucking friend, and that's why I fuck your bitch, you fat motherfucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what,
0: what that is that is classic songwriting. There is what that is. <laughs> What's the next bold line after that? First off, fuck your bitch and the click
2: you claim. Lord, <laughs> I don't know that we can keep going. I mean, this might be <laughs> this is the this is the pinnacle. This is the peak. We ain't beating this. Well, this is why they were so good at what they did, weren't they? I mean,
0: I mean, I I know they're, I mean, they're legends now. They're they're both you know dead, but i mean you this is some pretty good <laughs> a, i kind of like this rap this is your favorite one i yeah i like it i mean i you know i i liked all the stuff but uh is tupac your favorite rapper now i i gotta i gotta listen to it in context to let you know i gotta listen to it in context I would say I like some R. Kelly stuff, but I don't want to be politically incorrect by saying that.
2: Yeah, I just cut the music off on that. We, musical chairs is over. That's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, God damn, dude. When you said Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff some mark ass bitches, that, <laughs> I don't know how that even got in there.
0: <laughs> I don't either. I was just I could just going through it. I guess I need to pre-read this shit. <laughs>
2: You just never know whose name's going to show up in the next one we do. I think originally, before the remix version, it mm-hmm. was Biggie Smalls and Junior Mafia, some Mark ass bitches. And I guess somebody used a little creative license along the way.
0: <laughs> well, I guess on our next live show, I'm going to have to come out and say, That's why I fuck your bitch, you fat motherfucker. I ain't got no motherfucking friends.
2: Well, you do have less friends now, you know
0: that I I think I have a lot of friends,
2: no, no, but I'm just saying you have, you have fewer because well, you signed with AW Mm -hmm. and you have some friends over on the other side and they're probably not too tickled that you did what you did. He's not listening. You can talk freely if you'd like.
0: (laughs) Who's not listening? You talking to somebody You talking to me?
2: Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, Bruce Richard, he ain't listening. Oh yeah. I know he's working 21 and a half hours today. Boy, is he ever. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got time to do Mm -hmm. diss tracks.
0: That's right. Can you imagine what's going to happen to the Pritchard household? on Christmas day when he gets that phone call, he's got to work.
2: No, he's, he's going to, I mean, they're, they're moving to Connecticut.
0: Yeah. Not only does he have to get on the phone, he's got to go over to Vince's house and work Christmas day.
2: But he he likes that.
0: You would have to.
2: Are you saying you're not going to get calls on Christmas day?
0: Yeah, I'm sure I win, but I'm, I'm, I don't think it's going to be like that. I hope I get calls on Christmas day.
2: Well, I was going to say, I usually call and say, Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that. (laughs) The best of us for the rest of us.
0: You make sure you get them all in there, don't you?
2: We're equal opportunity podcast here on the show.
0: Well, let's say Feliz Navidad to Dave Silva. (laughs) (laughs) There's just some things we still won't do.
2: So they're having a hell of a match here. Uh, this match gets actually three and a half stars and uh Meltzer would say they're trying to push Sabu in the commentary as a living legend. And I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, he is like Sabu here had so much street cred in wrestling. You know, I, when did you first, Never mind. I forget who I'm talking to. What? I was going to say, when did you first hear about Sabu? Because Sabu started to get a real name for himself on the independence. And what he would do was he would, you know, do these spectacular table spots. But early on, a lot of wrestlers didn't want to take those, uh, table bumps. So what he would do is he would just set up a table and he would moonsault his own body through the table without anybody on it. Right. And, And this is before they were really gimmicking tables. So he would just sling his body. And a lot of time, what we're talking about there is his knees. He would sling his knees into the over and over and over into the table until it finally would break. And just one moonsault after another, just climbing to the top, almost like a kid on a diving board, just over and over and over. But fans were just like, what the fuck is this? What's going on? But it was so different, so special and so unique that it caught on and he became a tape trading sensation. And it's just wild to think about, you know, that's where we were. and, And now here, just a handful of years later, really. He's on pay-per-view and much more mainstream and really a pioneer, really one of the first attractions of ECW, probably Terry Funk and Sabu were two of the very earliest. And then of course, you know, Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan and, but they tried to have something for everybody. So if you were an old school, traditional wrestling fan and a quote unquote smart fan, you wanted to watch because Terry Funk was on there, but if you were an underground you know, tape trading, you know, I want to see the high spots and I want to see spectacular stuff. You like Sabu. And then if you wanted more traditional wrestling and you just wanted to see what you thought were some of the best wrestlers in the world, you would watch for Shane Douglas. So they put that three-way together between Shane Douglas and and Terry Funk and Sabu and everybody all of a sudden was talking about ECW. I'd heard, you
0: know, and, and I've, I've talked about this ad nauseum that I was not familiar with. This was an alternate universe for me, but I still had heard of, of Sabu. Really? Yeah. Because I think that I think Sabu and all of the things that he were doing had the guys talking in the backstage area about him mm-hmm. and some of the things that wait till you see him. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. So yeah, I had heard of him. Uh, and it was, uh, I mean, and, it's and that's, still, re,
2: that's really like the Testament, you know, when you can, if something's over with the boys, it's going to get over with the fans. Is that not a fair rule of thumb?
0: That is a fair rule of thumb.
2: And I know that sometimes people will hear that and, and, and say, oh, well, that's stupid because blah, blah, blah. But in reality, you know, like not saying this to be funny, the wrestlers are the bi- absolute biggest wrestling fans. They've legitimately dedicated their lives to it. Like They're traveling to do it around the world hundreds of days a year and putting their body through all kinds of punishment. Yes, they're being paid for the right to do so, but in order to do it, man, you really, at that level, that long, that intense, that hurt, you got to love it. Yeah, you do. I'm just saying you love it more than the guy who just, you know, farts into his couch and watches it on Monday nights. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. These guys really kicked it in the high gear in this one, didn't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, look at the just ringside area. Yeah, shattered tables, busted chairs. Just incredible picks up the win. They're really trying to, and I guess you sort of could tell when they're like pushing Sabu as a living legend that Just incredible needs to go over. As a reminder, though, what we've seen so far is Lance Storm gets a big win over Jerry Lynn. And now just incredible gets a big win over Sabu. So the impact players, as they're going to be known, really getting a lot of big wins, the gets a big win. So uh, obviously new Jack has a big high spot, but up next is the match that we're really here for attacking the referee there or the uh, ring announcer, the match we're really here for Mike. Awesome Sato Tanaka Taz. Tanaka is going to be billed as the, uh, FMW independent world champion. They're not going to wear a belt, but they're at least mentioning it.
0: So this is the uh, coming up as a match we're here for, but it's not the final match on the card, which kind of is kind of interesting.
2: Well, it's not the final match on the card because Taz is leaving. And so a lot of the fans know, not everybody knows. Uh, and even if they do know that he's leaving, they don't necessarily know how they just, you know, word has started to leak out that he was talking to them. And some people have probably heard at this point that he signed, but some of the fans are going to boot Taz and do the whole, you sold out shit. And, uh, hmm. then they're going to turn this two this two man match into a three man match because it's Masada Tanaka and Taz. And of course, Mike awesome was trying to confront Tanaka earlier when he got out of the car, or I'm sorry, Jeff Jones was, and uh, have you seen much Masato Tanaka with me? No, I got to tell you, him and Mike Awesome were a real hot spot in my wrestling fandom, and you're about to find out why. But yeah, there are two matches after this. you got Tommy Dreamer and Raven taking on Carino and Jack Victory. Uh, you'll also have in your, your main event, Rob Van Dam and Balls Mahoney. Rob Van Dam is, is at this point, the guy they're trying to sort of push as, hey, he's our he's our best wrestler. He's our TV champion, and he's in the main event. And I kind of think it's cool that the television championship is in the main event. And Van Dam is really making this belt matter. I think he won it in April of 98. Here we are in September of 99. He's still got the title. So that's quite a run with the belt. And here he is, Taz. Dude. It's a hell of a look, man. It's very Mike Tyson like with the black towel over the head. Mm hmm. He looks good. Yes, he does. It's a good presentation. He was one of my absolute favorites. You see the fans flipping him off. Let's just uh, play a little audio here.
3: Tanaka has more to gain in this matchup, than does Taz. The independent World Heavyweight title, FMW's version of the World Heavyweight title, is not on the line, but the ECW World Heavyweight title is. Should Tanaka defeat Taz, here to that Anarchy Rules, he would be ECW's World Heavyweight Champion, and FMW's World Heavyweight Champion. Can you imagine the battles between the offices of ECW and FMW trying to book a man-holds two World Heavyweight titles? You'd have a
4: hell of a
2: hard time calling play-by-play in Japan, wouldn't you? You Oh, what a great line from Don Callis telling, uh, how about the, uh, the streamer treatment here? A uh, Japanese tradition for Taz fans are throwing it at Taz, not Tanaka. Farewell swan song for Taz of sorts though. You could hear the fans in the background chanting you sold out and what a fun little, uh, back and forth exchange there with Callis and Joey styles where, they're talking about how if Tanaka wins, he'll be not only an FMW champion but an ECW champion. And callous says, "Boy, you'd have a hard time doing play-by-play in Japan, wouldn't you?" Fast forward twenty years, and that's literally what Don Callis does. <laughs> Two hundred forty-eight pounds from Masato Tanaka, so he's uh, at the build weight here of uh, Ric Flair during his big run. And here's Taz, man. What an intimidating presence, what an intimidating look. Goddamn. His career was cut too short. He's one of my absolute favorites, man. Also 248 pounds, the human suplex machine and your world champion.
0: And not only that, uh, just, uh, got a lot of time for him on a personal level. And see, I, I was talking to you about this earlier. That you have introduced me to a lot of great people in wrestling that I've become friends with, and Taz is one of them. Didn't know him until you know you and I started doing the podcast. Met him one time at the WWE restaurant, or the I guess WWF restaurant back restaurant back then. <laughs> Sorry,
2: yeah, I just realized that's uh, that's the belt I have. I have that one. That was at Starcast this past week. I thought that may have been a different one, but no, that's it. Masato Tanaka and Taz here about to get it on, but look, as you start to see the head start to turn people looking towards the entrance here, Mm Mm-hmm. bit of a disturbance in the crowd. He's asking for the mic. Here's the audio.
3: i Hey, listen,
1: fan. Hey, shut the fuck up! Oh dear. That's my dorsal awesome. Hey man, your beast is with him! Now your beast's with me! Now your beast with me, you big dumb bastard! Come get some!
3: We've been using footage of- Come my- get some! Let him go! Let him go! There's the boss! Paulie Heyman! Paul
1: Heyman is asleep. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait, whoa, whoa. Whoa, the savior's here. Paul Heyman, the savior. Yeah, brother, you can look at me. You promoted me. You pushed me. You told me I'm the baddest son of a bitch going. I'll tell you what. You let that big goof go, and I'll choke him out. Because I'm dead. The human... Suplex machine! Be me if you can! Survive if I let you!
3: We've been using footage of Tanaka. You want want some?
1: Brother, I'm taking you out soon. You just sit there with your dumb ass and shut up. Come on, big man! Come on!
3: We've been using footage of Tanaka on, beating Mike Austin on, to build up on, Tanaka. And Do Jeff I'm Jones really obviously waiting. stooged it off I'm to Mike Austin. You Japan. I'm waiting. I'm getting you a goddamn by-rate. Let him go. And there is legitimate hate between Taz and Paulie these days, I can tell you that much.
1: I promoted you as the baddest motherfucker on the planet because I know that you can beat any man on the face of the planet! You want to fight two men? Yeah, I want to fight two men!
2: Here again, I question the logic, Joey Styles.
1: We have a tradition in ECW, and if you want to put that belt on the line in Chicago tonight,
2: Please, please, please. Dad, and the match is made. Mike Awesome rips off the T-shirt, slides right in in his full gear, ready to go, and here comes Tanaka. So Tanaka and and Mike Awesome have feuded all across Japan and now here in ECW, and fans know what to expect when they're in there together. You can see Taz just biding his time because he knows these guys have an issue with each other and they want to kill each other. So Taz is being smart, being the champ, just let them do his bidding, but they tried to sort of blur the lines of reality where you could see some, some heat and some frustration on, from both Taz towards Paul Heyman and vice versa. And as a result, well, here we go. We've got a three-way dance now, and we're, we're talking about how, uh, Paul has promoted Taz as the baddest motherfucker on the planet and, and given some credibility that he can beat any one man, but now he wants to put his big boy pants on and and try to do it to two guys, which is never smart, I guess, to put your belt on the line against two guys where you don't even have to be pinned in order to lose your title.
0: God, he was a. He was a fire plug, wasn't he? Just low to the ground and stout. And
2: I loved all three of these guys, though. The combination of this, I mean, there's so much great shit in ECW here at 99. And it's a shame that it would ultimately have to come to an end, but what a move that is too.
0: Yeah. You know what? I I think we i looking back on it now. I think we did Mike awesome a disservice. Oh,
2: of course you did. You fucking ruined the guy. You made him a goddamn comedy character. And it's not your fault, but I mean, they just didn't know really what they had. And they just assumed, oh, he's a good little hand from ECW. And they gave him the Sandman or Raven or Mikey Whiprick or Stevie Richards or whatever you guys were doing with everybody else treatment. And then you made him silly. And it was like, dude, this guy's badass. but check this out now that all of a sudden the enemies are working together and check this out, man. Taz is done that quickly. That quickly. And look at the crowd. Look at the hush. We play the audio.
3: Taz has been eliminated. Those are three words I never thought I'd hear on an ECW pay-per-view Joey Styles. Taz has been elimin Taz has been eliminated, which means that Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka will do battle for the ECW World Heavyweight title.
2: So both guys pinned Taz. So there is no one definitive ECW world champion, but what has happened is the world champion has lost and in short order, taking big moves from both guys. And as you see, as he's on the ramp, the entire locker room empties out to give a standing ovation to Taz to thank him for his contributions to ECW. And that's it. Taz is done with ECW doing the honors on the way out and says, you guys go at it. And we will have a new ECW World Champion tonight, Masato Tanaka, who was getting the shot, and we all knew, and he was advertised as getting the shot against Mike Awesome, who was very much a surprise here. Fun little twist here, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it, it, it.
0: I'm shocked, and I, I think both those guys sold it too, as if they, when they pinned him, they were shocked as well, the way they sold that. You know, they both stood up and looked around like, what the fuck just happened? Pretty fucking cool again, Paulie dangerously ahead of his time. So, uh, tell me, I, I know Mike awesome is no longer with us. Tell me about, uh, Masada.
2: Oh, he's still here and he's still, uh, working shots. Oh, good.
0: Masato Tanaka and Mike. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, Mike awesome took his own life, which is really a shame. You know, there's no telling how much of that. I hate to be this guy, but it doesn't, how much of that is, is related to CTE, you know, with all the
0: I was thinking the same thing,
2: crazy chair shots and things like that. I mean, you just feel bad, but we didn't, we, I know that sounds stupid now, but we didn't know. And had I known like these days, I don't want to see anybody get hit in the head with a chair, you know? And I know that the chair shot Cody Rhodes took a, a few months ago was, has been criticized very heavily, but it's not a regular occurrence. Some people would say it should never happen. And I guess that's relatively hard to argue, but. You just, golly, I just don't want to see it now that I know that there's such a price to pay, you know, mm-hmm. he, uh, Tanaka's going to be with the company here until, I don't know, like spring of 2000 and then he uh, pops back over to Japan and, and works, uh, a lot over there everywhere, really pro wrestling, zero one and all Japan and does some FMW before they're done and pops up uh, every now and again for new Japan. And he's been back to the States a few times. He's worked uh game changer wrestling. Most recently, I think is the most recent place I saw him. And I think he's done some Dragon gate stuff and Jersey all pro back in the day and even a couple of ring of honor shots at some point. But the big thing that always stands out to me for him is uh, the the return for ECW's one night stand, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But he picks up some gold here. He's tag champs, I think, twice—once with Balls and once with um, Tommy Dreamer. But the world title here, man—he's he's, uh, he's going to have a a feud with. Mike awesome that going to let them flip flop some stuff again. Every time I
0: see a chair shot in ECW, I'm thinking, does anybody know how to work a chair shot? And apparently they don't. Apparently they just always said fucking lay it in.
2: Yes. It was, it was not a matter of look at this dude, a tornado DDT Uh instead of off the turnbuckle, off a chair, onto the ramp. Good stuff. Uh There was a, it was a, a matter of pride. I think in ECW, like I think amongst the boys, it was misguided for sure. But I think amongst the boys, the idea was if you put your hands up, you're a pussy, that's what the WWF and WCW does. Be a man and take your fucking lumps. Hmm. I don't know that. I mean, maybe we could ask Boba Ray Dudley one day or something. I don't
0: know. You know, I, I'm thinking maybe that that was not the credo, but that the boys just knew that you needed to do it.
2: No, I mean, I, I really feel like I've heard at some point, some of the guys say that if they tried to protect themselves, some of the other guys would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Pussy. Wow. be a man. Now, yeah. now, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is from the era where, you know, when I played football and somebody got fucking concussed, we didn't know that at the time, but when somebody had had trauma, we'd said, oh he just got his bell wrong just rub some dirt on it miss a player 2 he'll be all right how about Mike awesome just picking the chair up putting it over his own face
0: <laughs> Jesus and kicking
2: out but you're familiar with that phrase in in traditional sports oh he got his bell rung mm-hmm we didn't know what the fuck we were saying we didn't mm-hmm. know oh yeah he just he has a brain bleed right now he he's got a brain bruise we've He's concussed. No, we just said Oh, he's got his bell wrong. He'll be okay. Watch this move here, Tony. No, never mind.
0: What move are you talking about? you thought something was coming and didn't
2: hear? I thought he was maybe he's trying for it again here. Check this out. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? No. Are you ready? What the fuck? <laughs> now in fairness Tanaka kept his head up Took it on his shoulders and back Still, what the fuck And look what at the, the crowd fuck? Listen
0: I, I get it, he kept his head up But you still Hell, you no, could fucking me. fracture a vertebrae Lower back Blow out a shoulder
2: Look at that table It's obliterated
0: Is Jeff Jones going to take a bump in this? I don't think so shit.
2: Probably took one after the show. <laughs> Can you imagine how many, how many quote unquote rats, uh, Jeff had to take care of after these shows? Mm. Of course I'm talking about the flea bag hotels. I said, watch this move. You ready for this? Oh. He just the fucking I can see why you
0: like to knock it just cause the fucking bumps he's taking. This is wild. Look at the size of this guy going off the top. Fuck. One, two, and he's still kicked out.
2: Well why wouldn't he?
0: I don't know. <laughs> after after taking throwing him to the table. Jesus Christ. Got to take his chair shot like a man guy. It's ECW. Holy shit. Look at the Look at the. <laughs> okay. He hit him with the top of the chair there where that hand is. And that's the real hard part of the chair. That's the part of the chair that doesn't give. That part of, when it lands on you is going to do some damage. What year did Mike awesome take his life? Do you remember off the top of your head?
2: Uh, I can find out. I don't think it was. I think it was like a seven, but I could be wrong. Jeez. Yeah. February 17th, 2007. Hmm. And by the way, he pops up on nitro. Uh, in April of 2000, so not too terribly long after this, right? By the spring of 2000, both of these guys are gone.
0: I would think as an athlete that you would be happy. Maybe I'm wrong. Just, just before your body's sake, happy to leave ECW and go to WCW. I mean, you would have to think that, well, of course, you know, we had a big TV contract. We were Turner, and I get that, but you didn't have to do crazy shit like this. Unless maybe you wanted to do crazy shit like this and thought, well, I can take this this act and take it to WCW. But a guy like Mike Awesome, you know, thinking, "Wow, I'll work at WCW, and I want to take all these crazy fucking chair bumps and table bumps and fucking crazy shit. Look at Jeff. Make sure the table is upright. What are they going to fucking do now? Okay, he threw him out of the ring. Back first to a table. This has got to be fun. It's
2: wild, isn't it, Bubba?
0: Yeah, it is, man. Okay. Got him on the chair. Going to center himself. He's going to do his big frog splash from the top.
2: What if he is?
0: Motherfucker? Well, I mean, look, whoa. He's, uh, what's amazing about what Mike awesome could do here was that he did things that cruiserweights were doing.
2: Right. But he could also sling your ass over the top rope with a power bomb down to the floor <laughs> onto a table. Yes. He can do whatever he wanted. Right.
0: Yep, that wanted Jesus Christ. Your Mike's looking around like, What? I won? I killed a man? I won. Now, what's going on here?
2: Oh, Taz. I mean, this is a pretty cool deal here. Taz is doing what he can to sort of pass the torch and. Yeah, it's coronation is what it is. Quote unquote, make a guy. And there you go. Mike Awesome is the guy to run with the ball, lead the company now. Pretty cool moment, huh?
0: I think it's great. And I think it's great that Taz did this shows a lot of class on his part. And he walks away and there's your new champion. Great moment, man. How many stars?
2: I'm so glad you asked Mm -hmm. three and three quarters. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. uh, Here's what he he wrote. Awesome. Did a German suplex followed by spear for a near fall. He used the chair off the top for a near fall, then delivered a weak chair to Tanaka's chest. Fans sort of groaned at that. Both guys wound up standing on the top rope with the table set up. Their footing wasn't perfect. And one of them losing balance would have killed the moment. Not to mention both could have been hurt badly. Anyway, awesome. Delivered the power bomb through the table and got the pin three and three quarter stars. should mention that Tanaka here had quite the schedule. Meltzer would say he flew from Japan to work ECW in Buffalo last Saturday, then flew back to Japan and worked through Saturday night in Japan before flying back to Chicago. So that's four 18 hour flights in a one week period that'll run anybody down.
0: Yeah. I remember taking one flight from Japan back and I, it, it it completely knocked me out the next day. I never thought that jet lag was real, but it was from Japan.
2: How about four flights of that in a week? Jesus. That's a lot.
0: I do need to say that. Okay. All right, Jeff, we got it. We, we, we got your bangs. We, we get it. But I do need to say that.
2: So He needed a judge for them bangs. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Fun little raven promo here. We'll play the audio.
3: We fought an epic battle of mythic proportions. We had a friendship based on love and a hatred based on friendship. Freeman knows what's coming and he can't stop it. You scarred my face you battered me unmercifully and you took my girl The one thing that you could never do was beat me, Tommy. You could never beat me, and I always pinned you. Tommy Dreamer, you will return to the inescapable horror of the classroom of your youth, except this time you will not graduate.
2: So we're showing lots of clips of, uh, Tommy and Raven, one of the most notorious and iconic feuds in ECW history. And of course it all came to an end at Russell Palooza in 1997 when, um, Tommy finally beat Raven after years of never being able to pin him. And that of course happens because Raven is going to WCW, but he's back now. And unbelievably the prior month he returned to help Tommy beat the Dudley boys in a surprise. And nobody even thought Raven was in the company, but what they didn't know is that Eric Bischoff held a meeting in WCW and said, if you're not happy and you want to leave, you can leave. So ask for your release. And they had one taker, and that was Raven. And he left, pops up in ECW as a surprise, nails the DDT, and the, the Dudleys are now off to the WWF. And Tommy dreamer has finally gotten championship gold in ECW. But unbelievably it's with his biggest rival of his career. Raven, the guy he thought he got rid of two years prior, really, really well done story here by Paul Heyman. Wouldn't you agree? Oh uh, yeah. That's this
0: good stuff, man. This is, you know, this is character development. This is and what I mean by character development. This is, this is getting you, you identify with these people, right? And that's what that's what he was so good at doing, apparently. And I was apparently unaware of. Still, one of my favorites out of the ring, just because he and I connected on so many levels with comic books and superheroes and fantasy, and you know, we liked the same thing. He had a lot of great tweets about that were out there about Game of Thrones. Um, just, uh, just a cool guy, man. Looks a lot different too. My God, does he ever? I guess we all do.
2: And there's our referee or our ring announcer. Done that twice today, Steven DeAngelis. But coming out, it's Joel Gertner to one of the biggest pops of the night. Meltzer would even say Joel Gertner came out and got a huge pop. One of the biggest of the night for that matter. And called out Tommy dreamer and Francine for an interview. And you're not going to believe what Meltzer wrote here. No joking here. Francine is even skinnier than two weeks ago. And while the stick arms and stick legs and huge boobs is in at this age, it can't be healthy. She almost looks like Allie McBeal, but even more facially drawn except for the implants. Dreamer says he's not out there to do a baby face promo and then kissed ass to the local fans talking about Sammy Sosa, but how,
0: how dare he talk of Francine like that? I
2: know you were going to say that. Really excited.
0: Here she comes. Mm. Wish I could say that real life.
2: Wait, well, are you, are you breathing? Are you, are you with us?
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm checking out the, uh, yeah, I'm breathing. I'm just checking out the, uh, I like her attire. I think it's very flattering for her. Flattering. She knows, she knows how to walk. See how she puts one foot in front of the other.
2: I think you could argue that's probably the best Francine ever looked. I don't know why Meltzer's being so, uh, I,
0: no, I don't either. I don't either. Maybe because I don't know. Maybe because she didn't call him. Mm. You know, he always helped the people that called him. Well, she knew how to get in the ring too, didn't she? Shook, <laughs> oh
2: man, shook it on the way in. That's your jam, ain't it? That is.
0: I need to marry this girl.
2: She's already married,
0: Tony. I. She needs to dump her husband. I need to dump Lois and marry this girl. Let's do it today.
2: Today. I mean, well, today. Oh, look at her. How about Tommy knew what's up? Hey, I dropped my bill. Will you pick it up? <laughs> I'd do it
0: again. Let's drop it and have you pick it up on the other side.
2: You just want it against the hard cam.
0: Mm, they, Yeah. The very hard cam at this time. Hey, how about our buddy, Joel Gertner? Great help for us. Isn't he? He's the man. He's a, I got a lot of time for Joel.
2: Everybody does.
0: Yeah. Not only that His gimmick back then <laughs> was wonderful Although uh, uh, smart me up on the, the neck brace Was this part of an angle this all did he always do this
2: uh, He has had his uh, neck broken
0: Oh well bless his heart and He's got a bow tie on the neck Isn't brace Isn't that
2: great That's why he keeps wearing it It's good stuff You know, I
0: worked, uh, worked with Tommy Dreamer a little bit in MLW with him. A lot of respect for him. It's amazing. And, of course, I've been with him on his, you know, he's part of uh, Busted Open. And been with him on a radio show. Got just, uh, uh, again, thanks to you and, and thanks to opening up my eyes to this. I, there, there he's talking about Sammy Sosa now. Um, Just a lot of respect for a lot of the guys, and he's one of them. And, of course, Joel, and then, of course, the lady on the right, I'm just absolutely in love with. But, again, there's a lot of talking going on. And I understand. I, I understand we're, we're building, you know, we're, we're doing character building and everything, but it's just a lot. It seems like every match. Coming out and talking, coming out and talking. See now, here I would, I would just take that hard camera over to the right side and and get a good, good shot of Francine. <laughs> there was no, there was no double meaning in that.
2: <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, but it felt like it, didn't it? Yeah, it did. The way he delivered it, <laughs> and here he comes, Steve Carino, working the crowd as only he can. I think you would love Steve Carino.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I I know Steve now.
2: I'm just saying his old promos back in the day. Oh, mm-hmm. good stuff. About Jack Victory in a wheelchair, pedaling himself out with his own feet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. So now who's the, uh, it, it's, Rhino. it's Rhino and against Tommy no, dreamer,
2: Tommy dreamer and Raven against Carino and Jack victory Rhino's okay. here as well. So I guess it's going to be a little bit of a three on two. I, have we seen Raven yet? You just saw him do a promo, but he hasn't come out from the back. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. I, I because just, here's the story. All right. Oh, He's the. He's not really friends. Like Raven and Tommy Dreamer hate each other. They're just accidental tag team champions.
0: I, I got that. How about that neck breaker from the top? There's no way to work that. There's no way to work the contusion or the toll that's going to take on your spine. None.
2: Oh, look at Jack Victory getting wheeled. This is so good. <laughs> chair shot by Francine. You take a chair shot from Francine. You take any shot from Francine.
0: I would take any shot from Francine. And I'm gonna tell you, I would I would flop around and sell like a baby.
1: Flop could,
0: around. I'd flash she could spank me and she could uh put me in a head scissors for a couple of years put me in a uh, tombstone pile driver. Let me lay on a table and she just flop on top of me. I'm going a little bit too far here.
2: No, you're not. Keep it going.
0: <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to be a respectable man in the business now. I, I can't do this anymore. I can't. She could. Uh, you
2: just want just to turn the podcast off now?
0: No, no. I just, I was saying she would uh, uh leg scissors off the top of my head. Just uh Why was there a world with Francine out there that I was unaware of? What 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 was wrong with my life that I couldn't notice this? Bam! Oh shit. Fucking Tommy took that pretty hard. That a girl. Whoa. What the flying fuck did did he just
2: throw Francine down? yes, and look yeah. uh, <laughs> Raven's so anxious to get in there he bump bail <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> no, hit that middle rope boom <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> huh.
0: Hey, I you know, I've, I've been, uh, I've been obviously, uh, just, uh, slobbering over Francine here, but I got to say for her to take that fucking bump, that's pretty special, man. Cause that was, that was, that was stiff. There you go. Great story, man. He pushed him. He came in. He pushed him. I don't want anything to do with you. And guess what? We're still the champs. He didn't even take his belt off. The fucker wrestled without taking his, it was only like three minutes, but he didn't take the fucking belt off. Let's help the lady up, please.
2: Well, the match isn't over. They just pinned him. No, Didn't I they? know, but I'm just saying like do you think that the story's over from here? No. Cuz check it out, there's Mancow, the local radio DJ
0: just got some beer. <laughs> oh yeah, I know Mancow, he loved wrestling.
2: How about How about Raven's going to leave with Mancow? What does it mean?
0: Hmm. Will somebody help the girl up?
3: A <laughs> oh, fuck.
2: I love you for that. Be a gentleman. Never took uh, the belt off.
0: Nice hairy back. What the fuck? So now, we at, now we're wondering what the, and he pops his partner, the bird, and walks the fuck away.
2: Yeah. What does it mean?
0: What does it mean? It's amazing. It really is. You sit back and you think about it. Isn't it amazing they didn't last? They had such good shit. They had such good stuff. Just based on that alone, it should have prospered. They were better than us, weren't they?
2: So you're going to love this promo from Axel Rodden. Here you go.
1: down. I ain't the best worker in the business. I can bleed like a bitch though. And Mike Awesome, I'm letting it be known. And Axel Rotten is making a name for himself right here in Chicago because I'm calling you out, Mike Awesome. I'm first in line. I want to be number one for that world heavyweight title. Mike Awesome, if you got the balls, bring them down because I'm ready to get extreme on your
2: ass. So Axel Rotten calls out the new champ, Mike Awesome, by saying, I'm not the best worker in the business, but I can bleed like a bitch. Bring it. Tony Schiavone, what say you? Bring it.
0: I say, I like this fucking show, is what I say.
2: Well, Mike Awesome is uh, not going to be coming down. Instead Lance Storm is and uh you can probably guess this is gonna end in some violence because Lance Storm is not alone. He's got JT uh, or sorry, Johnny Smith and he's got uh just incredible, he's got Don Marie, he's got Jason.
1: And I don't want to be a Mark like you on this pay-per-view.
2: Well, that's him. So
1: everyone in Chicago knows these people are cheering Axel for Axel was
0: an odd character, would not he? Yeah, he's no longer with us. Yeah, I know. I, I remember I was talking about him before, but. just
2: Baltimore <laughs> guy. He probably had his fair share of Jimmy's famous seafood back in the day.
0: I'm sure he did. As you can see. That's hurtful. Uh, but, uh, oh, uh, something about Jimmy's famous seafood.
2: Yeah. What a great follow on Twitter. They are. <laughs> <laughs> well, John they- really, uh, appreciates that. Now look, who's coming to make the save little spike Dudley. Oh my God. Uh, Not shot on Jason. Oh, thinking about doing the acid drop over Don Marie, but she's in the way. Oh she Lord. She swings the shoe. Oh, acid oh. drop for Don Marie. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, the impact players getting the heat on little Spike Dudley. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, I think somebody's going to come in. There he is. He's here to clean house. You ready for a chair shot, my friend? Oh, fuck. Down goes Johnny Smith. Former tag team partner of Axel Rotten. But tonight, he's getting a real title shot. And uh, a little more mic work here from Axel Rotten.
3: Got in England. Johnny he's gonna, uh, will challenge Rob Van Dam for the World Television Title to, to close out our show. I don't think he's going to do it. Well, I mean, after taking a chair shot like that from Johnny Balls Smith, Bahoney, is
2: right. an English gentleman. So Axel Rotten was supposed to be wrestling Balls Mahoney. I mean, wrestling uh, Rob Van Dam. Right.
1: Chicago, we ain't going out like this
0: ball's no longer with us either. Huh?
1: Looks like nope. Rob Van Dam is short an opponent tonight. Cause I think Johnny's
2: spike over there. I mean, what a, what a
1: character
2: Well, misread that not Axel was supposed to Johnny Smith was supposed to be the opponent for Rob okay. Van Dam, but now falls Mahoney and he makes a suggestion and Meltzer would say it was embarrassing and hurt the main event from the start. When his suggestion got no pop, uh, Meltzer would say very long match where they tried to tell a story, but as mentioned before, the fact that nobody believed Mahoney had a prayer of winning and they didn't see him as a main eventer on the pay-per-view. It drew no heat. They worked very hard to try to get heat. Van Dam did a moonsault off the guardrail, but Mahoney caught him and planted him. So lots of fun action here, but you know what's coming. It's going to be a frog splash for the pen. And Meltzer sums it up in three words. Way too long. Mm. But Rob Van Dam. One of the all-time greats here in ACW, arguably the best wrestler in the company and one of the most over wrestlers in the company at this point. And he's made that television title really mean something. He's carried it, I I believe since April of 98. So we're almost like 18 months with this title here at this point.
0: For all the uh, credit we give to Paul E deservedly. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, be a little critical of one thing here uh the positioning of this match is all wrong
2: yeah i mean look, I, I don't i don't disagree but i am curious to see you know what would you have done i'm not saying to be funny but what should have been the main event you still would have went with taz tanaka and yes, balls right. taz walking out i i or- guess I, and- I can only i can only guess that maybe uh Paul knew, Hey, I don't know how long we've got Mike awesome. I don't know how long we've got Masato Tanaka. I know we have them for now, but neither one may be long-term players for us, but Taz is on his way out. So let's make the best of a bad situation. But I think if it was in the main event, a lot of people would have said, Oh, well, we know Taz is going to lose. He's leaving. He's got a new deal. And maybe putting it where it did, it added an air of unpredictability and I just wonder, like, if Taz is the main event and he gets pinned very fast. I
0: don't know. Yeah, you know that. that those are all good arguments to the fact. I still think
2: that. I'll tell you this all, though, but Balls Mahoney Rob Van Dam doesn't feel like a pay per view main event. No, it doesn't. Now Rob Van Dam does, but sure. Balls as an opponent, not so much.
0: No, it, because he's the top baby face in the company. I get that, but here's what I'm saying: that I think trumps all that, what we've been saying. You still make your world title mean more than anything else. You elevate the world title by putting it on last. I've always believed that. I'll, I'm, going to, I'm going to go back in, in my days of fandom, okay? Ric Flair, and I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but it, I think it's, it's relevant to this argument. Ric Flair and Black Jack Mulligan had one of the greatest feuds ever. And they milked that feud to the point to where they sold out everywhere when they finally had their match. It was built up so well. And I went to see them wrestle. And I'm thinking, this is going to be the greatest thing I ever saw. But they were not on last. Harley Race, who was the world champion, was on last. Even though the big thing was Flair and Mulligan. Right. They always did that. The world champion comes out last and maybe that's old school. I don't know, but I, I always thought that's, that's how you should end your, your, uh, your shows. But I know things have changed. I get it. And, and I'm, I'm bendable to that, but you still got to make the world title. And, and to me here, I mean, I, I, I know what he's meant to the tell their television title. And, uh, and I, you're right. No one no one believes Balls Mahoney is going to win this thing. No one. Would it have been better if the other guy would have had the match with him? Would it have meant more?
2: I don't know. You know.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's... I think, uh, they, they, I think, uh, Rob Van Dam knows he's got a long time to wrestle this guy because <laughs> he certainly is taking his time, isn't he?
2: Well, the deal is they're only two hours and 17 minutes into a quote unquote three hour show. So they've mm-hmm. got, they've got plenty of time. I think realistically they could have tried to slide some more matches in here. I mean, I don't it's know for, what, what that would have been, but.
0: I would have gone backstage, check on Francine, check on. Don Marie, they both took vicious bumps. Just go take a camera back He said, "Girls, you okay? Let's bring Tony Schiavone back with a, with a microphone to talk to Francine. Francine, I saw you take that horrible, horrible bump by that motherfucker. Are you okay, my dear? And, oh, and by the way, your outfit is wonderful.
2: Uh, she- four, four days later, when they did a house show, they mm-hmm. had um, a young kid, Cash, uh, doing a, doing a match. So he would be here not too long after. So you can tell they're trying to, to spread their wings. By the way, it's worth mentioning. You know, after we, we said that here at anarchy rules, they drew 6,000 fans. Yeah. That's in the suburbs of Chicago. How about grand Rapids, Michigan? Four days later. You want to guess what the house was?
0: Uh, it wasn't 6,000.
2: Nope.
0: Yes. Uh, a thousand. 550. Five
1: hundred and fifty. Yeah.
0: hmm Well, that's, that's obviously not having a good promote. That's not having a good promoter. I mean, yeah, they didn't want to see it. I get that, but you still should be able to with some good promotion.
2: Three weeks prior to this, they were in Lebanon, Pennsylvania mm. on top was this main event. Rob Van Dam and balls Mahoney. You want to guess what it drew?
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with a thousand again. 300. Oh my God.
2: They were in like, Columbus, Georgia a month prior to this Taz and Devon Dudley on top. You want to guess
0: Columbus, Georgia? They're, they're not going to draw more than 500 there. 200. Yeah. So how much were these guys getting paid Conrad for doing this stuff? I mean, there's, they're not drawing enough money on these house shows. To pay these
2: guys. There you go. That's where the problems start, right? Yeah.
0: What were they made? Is a is common knowledge of what guys like Van Damme were making back then? I know you've talked about many times in the earlier shows that, that we watched that,
2: you know, a lot of guys didn't always get paid. Yeah, the, the real problems uh, with, with pay started in 2000. But you know, like, like, like here's the thing: you got to appreciate. Like on this show, it's a two hundred thousand dollar gate, so that'll carry you for a little while, right? And then you've got a uh, a pay per view buy rate going to come in, and or, or the payoffs will come in in like six months. But you've got to sort of float everybody till you get there. And I can tell you, that's tough. Like, you know, here we are, in, uh, my early September, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have uh. I don't have the payoff from Las Vegas for Starcast 2 on pay-per-view hmm. but everybody's been paid, but me hmm
0: let me check my PayPal account
2: yeah, see All right hmm
0: you're an honest man, Conrad Thompson.
2: yeah you know, that's what's weird though is uh I got uh, I got criticized for Starcast one because we did a podcast row. Mm-hmm. Because we uh, charged podcasters to have a spot on podcast row and a lot of the smaller podcasts, uh, not a lot, a handful took a great issue with that and felt like I should have just comped that. But what's interesting to me is, wait a minute, I have to pay, but they don't. Like I had to pay to be there. The the hotel and you know the venues, they're not just giving you space and internet and tables and promotion and cloth, uh, I mean, tablecloths and power and, Like you're paying all the wrestlers to be there. You're paying the venue to be there. You're paying the vendors to bring in your tables. You're paying your staff to set everything up. I mean, you're there's overhead involved with all of it, but I'm supposed to bear all of that and just give it to other sort of startup podcasts. But I I have to eat it because I elected to do this. And they felt like they should have been credentialed and, and been given press credentials because they're, they're quote unquote press. And I'm sure that, they they all, all these smaller podcasts get press credentials at WWE shows and Ring of Honor shows and TNA shows and AEW shows. I'm sure that, you know, they've got press credentials for all those. So,
0: Well, this is, this is, uh, this is the pod calling the kettle black, but you just got to ignore that shit.
2: No, no, I do. I mean, I, it's just like, it, that's my point though, is I think sometimes people, don't have the capacity to see it from another perspective. So like, whereas you may say, oh, the ECW guys pay is slow. I get that sucks. But when you understand that the life cycle of, uh, the pay-per-view payoff dragging months and months behind, but yet you've still got to pay everybody. That's sort of the role of, of the promoter and the promoter only. But a lot of times the boys don't ever see that. And especially when you run through some of these gates where, yeah, hey, let's take a victory lap here for six thousand fans. And in fact, you know, eight days prior to this, they did a TNN taping in Buffalo. That's like four thousand fans there. Those are big houses. That's great. But one week after this show, it's five fifty. You know, a couple of days after that, it's six hundred. The day after that, it's eight fifty. The day after that, it's nine thirty. So we're not talking about just printing money because I mean, realistically, how much were tickets to an ECW show? Twenty bucks. Mm. You know, so at 20 bucks, you're at 18 grand and you got to fly everybody there and rent the building and pay for staff and you know, the, 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 the ring truck and the security and the ticket takers. And you got to have a, a monster insurance policy and liability coverage. And it's no wonder to see when you're drawing those numbers that, that they were struggling and, and they could say, well, fucking go out of business. They did. So that's it. If you, if you, if you dig it, you got to support it. And if you don't. It goes away, and uh, there's a lot of big wrestling fans in those markets, you know, where they drew five fifty. You know, oh man, I can't believe ECW died. It died because you didn't support it. Like that's these are these are all very much DIY mm-hmm. entrepreneurial endeavors. Like nobody, Paul Heyman included, was was getting rich doing ECW. They
0: did before they went out of business, they just cut their house shows. I mean, if you're drawing that amount of, you just don't do it.
2: Yeah. Well, you certainly become, and in fairness, what they're trying to do here is they're trying, they were trying to stretch. They were, you know, they knew they could get 1500 fans once a month in Philadelphia. You know, they know they can get, you know, a few thousand fans in Chicago, you know, every six weeks or every two months or whatever the number is but you've got to have other markets to keep these guys busy and to keep the income coming in. So you're looking for, Hey, where else can we go? So they went to some markets that they felt like were maybe underserved markets. Maybe there's an opportunity there. And sometimes they were right. And sometimes they were wrong, but that's what you do. You know, you try to, Hey, where, where where else can we replicate this? And you don't know until you try. So they tried some stuff and, had some money losers along the way. There's no chance they ran a house show or they ran a show drew 200 and then said, Oh, can't wait to come back next month. You know?
0: Meanwhile, uh, Rob Van Dam doing all he can with this match.
2: You ready for this? Look at the crowd. They know what's coming. He's really going to do this. He made this famous in April of 98. Here he comes.
0: Holy fucking shit.
2: Dude, that's spectacular. No matter when you see it. First thing I'm thinking of
0: is if he's going to take a tumble like that. And I've, I've told kids that these, you know, the kids that I, you know, I work with in the MLW and a lot of kids are, you know, independent guys who go around and take bumps. And if you're going to take crazy bumps like that, by God, it better be some money at the end of it.
2: Meltzer would write: Van Dam did this incredible somersault plancha three rows deep into the crowd. It's an amazing sight. And Mahoney juiced for no reason. Eventually he would say. Uh, both guys brawling was not good at all. Van Damme's weakness is throwing punches since it's all arm with no body and noticeably pulled
1: Mm -hmm.
0: two stars is what he gave this one. Okay. So did balls Mahoney juice from the plancha there? You would think, right? Well, yeah. Fucking fans are into his shit. Yeah, there he comes up with juice. See, I I think Meltzer said juice for no reason. Bullshit. That was a spectacular spot. And if you fucking juice, it even makes it more spectacular. It helps elevate the spot and a spot that probably didn't even need to be elevated. But why not? See, I don't agree with that comment there at all, Juice for no reason. A lot of grunge rock look about these guys, isn't
2: it? So <laughs> ACW is, baby. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: that's, where do they come up with this look?
2: You wanna have an idea of uh what I'm thinking we might want to do next week here on the show
0: uh wow. do some grunge uh, lyrics?
2: No, I'm talking about Tony Reed's rap.
0: No, oh, okay. Hey, how about this? How about I get in touch with Francine mm. and have her read rap with me?
2: Why didn't you just ask her last week in Chicago at Starcast?
0: Well, I didn't think about it till right now. <laughs>
2: Well, we should do that one day then.
0: Mm-hmm. I could just, you know, I could get a recorder. I could go visit her when her husband's not in town. I, didn't want, I don't want to, you know, interrupt family time. <clears throat> and uh, bring a recorder and we could just do a rap song together.
2: Well, here's what I'm thinking I want you to do next week.
0: Oh, oh you already got the song picked out?
2: Yeah. I was oh, asking if you wanted do. to know about it.
0: Of course you do.
2: It's a little known song, but it it was it was hot back in the day. It's from nineteen ninety
0: one. Oh boy! Does it have the words uh, "motherfucker" in it?
2: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's in like the first four or five lines. <laughs> I'm sure it is.
0: Does it have the word "vagina" in it? The colloquial for a vagina, the,
2: I think that's in the third line mhm, when the actual song starts, not just the intro, it's in the first line. Okay. All right. Do you want to know the name of the song?
0: Well, I think we've named the song already, haven't we? No. Pussy motherfucker. No.
2: That's not the name of the song. No. Okay. The name of the song, for our listeners, a heads up. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to listen to it. You hate this song. <laughs> it's, uh, it's by a performer named AMG. AMG. Yeah. Okay. Not like the, uh, the trim package on your new Mercedes, since you've got all that con money. <laughs> but I figure, since <laughs> you do have all this newfound windfall, this financial windfall, you would appreciate the song bitch better have my money. <laughs> and that's what we'll be doing here next week on the show.
0: Bitch better have my. Money. That is a pretty good name for a song. Yeah. See, I could see, you know, I, Francine and I doing the song, and I say, "Bitch, better have my money." And then she look at me and say, "I got your money, you fucker," or something like that. You cocksucker.
2: What? What? Tumbling. What? What are you What are
0: you doing right now? I'm just uh, I'm just as you like to say, I'm freestyling. Okay. And and, and in the midst of all this freestyling, Rob Van Dam doing some pretty good tumbling and shit.
2: Tumbling and shit. <laughs>
0: That's what he's doing? He just tumbled through. And flipped up in the air and tumbled down on the chair.
2: I can't believe that You said tumbling and shit.
0: (laughs) I'm sure he was a great gymnast at one time. You know, you've got to practice tumbling. Don't you think? Got to get on a mat and tumble. There's a new t-shirt, tumbling and shit. You know we've been so busy with Starcast and
2: oh don't you worry i got big plans i got somebody working on it right now mm-hmm. and then the next two weeks it's gonna be a whole new world <laughs> well we we've we've kind of uh,
0: stopped talking about t-shirts and dot com because well, we,
2: it's, it's coming don't worry okay
0: plugging our live shows and
2: well you know we're since we're about to be off the road We're going to have more time for these t-shirts. You dig? I dig. I think you, uh, what? I
0: think you love dogs. I think
2: you love Francine. I think you're going to love this song. Okay. I, I don't even know that. I want to wait until next week. If I'm honest with you,
0: no, come on. You got to wait till, next week. And what's our show next week. You know exactly what it is. Yeah. I forgot. I've got so much going on in my life. I
2: forgot what you have more. Oh, come on. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just lucky to be here next week. We're covering clash eight fall. Oh yes. That's right. Clash. see, I knew that. I knew that fall brawl. 89.
0: That was a great year in WCW because I wasn't there. Great WCW year. Hey, you know, um, I need to say something about, and I'm, we're watching this match. We're talking about everything. Mm-hmm. The big guy, Balls Mahoney, is putting in a hell of an effort in this match.
2: Oh, he's doing his best. Yes, he is. But the fans just start buying him as a, as a top guy, as a real threat what? to the title. He's, he's been positioned as a tag wrestler. Right, but next week we're going to talk about Road Warriors, Samoan Swat Team, mm. Cuban Assassin. Z-Man, oh, the Cuban Assassin! Really? Sid Vicious.
0: Okay, Ranger
2: Ross. Mm. The Steiner Brothers, Missy Hyatt, Robin yes. Green, Fabulous Freebirds, Teddy Long, Norman the Lunatic, mm-hmm. Brian Pillman, Mike Rotunda. Doctor Death, Steve Williams, Tommy Rich, Wildfire. Somebody say something about Shitty podcasts, Lex Luger, Great Muda, Dick Slater, Sting, mm. and Richard.
0: Hmm. Think Richard will show up? Oh, that's right. It's on tape.
2: By the way, uh it was uh 2,600 fans in Columbia, South Carolina.
1: Mm.
0: How about that? And we had just seen a couple of weeks ago, a full house in Columbia, South Carolina.
2: Bam. Look at that chair shot. Did you see that?
0: Yes, I did.
2: Look at that chair. Got my
0: fucking eyes peeled. He got his own chair too. Doesn't he got his name on it? It says balls.
2: Hmm. So you may not be familiar with this, but whenever he would punch someone, Mm -hmm. The fans would go balls And so if he hit a guy several times Mm -hmm. Balls, 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 balls But then if his opponent Blocked it and punched him They'll go nuts (laughs) That's pretty fucking cool Put his (laughs) head down for the chair shot And here it comes Are you ready for this? Don't kill Fonzie Don't kill Fonzie Don't kill Fonzie. Oh, no. Oh, the chair's backwards. It's facing the wrong way. It's a good thing because he got (laughs) VANDAMINATED! I hope he's going to set up the frog splash now. Oh, he kicked out of the VANDAMINATED!
0: Wow. Springing up there. ready to go. Fans are the fans are ready
2: with the five star frog splash.
0: You know what? It was as one, there you go. Two,
2: spectacular. Three. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's a wrap. That's uh, that's going to be the end of uh, anarchy rules. We get a, a highlight package and then we're out of here. Pretty memorable night though. Seeing, uh, Taz leave the promotion, drop the world title and on his way out, do the honors for the one and only Mike. Awesome. I loved it. I'm a big fan of Mike. Awesome. Big fan of Taz, big fan of Masato Tanaka. One of my very favorite matches in the company, just because it was so memorable that the Taz went out the way he did. And, uh, Anytime Mike Awesome and, and Masato Tanaka were in there, it was absolute magic.
0: I haven't seen uh, how many uh, uh, ECW events have we watched. It's like our third, maybe fourth.
2: Yeah, we've seen a handful,
0: more than three or four. But yeah, okay. I, I, there's not one that I can say that I didn't like. Now, not, that doesn't mean I liked every match, but I fucking liked it. I, I liked I like the the fan response. How the fans were rabid. I like the high spots. I like the fucking chair shots. I obviously liked Francine. Obviously. Did I say I liked Francine? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, without question, as a matter of fact, uh, well, uh, Rob Van Dam was spectacular. Love Taz. Just, they just had a lot of great characters and you know what? Uh, tip of the cap again to Paul Lee.
2: Did a great job.
0: Yeah, and and I I I don't know how they're using him. I, I know what his role is, but I I I mean, if I, if I'm running a sh- a company and I look at a show like this, I go to Paulie Dangers and say, "It's yours, whatever you want to do, come up with it. It's fine with me." Well, and just see, just see what happens.
2: I'm hoping that we can just see what happens, and that you can figure out what to do when I say, "Tony, it's about that time."
0: It's about that time. Ladies and gentlemen, Francine and uh, Don Marie and Tony Schiavone are coming to the ring. They are the new world six-man tag team champions. And would you take a look around the waist of Francine? There's that tag, six-man tag team belt that Tony dug out of his, his attic. And Conrad wants. And Conrad storming the ring. He is jumping on the back of Schiavone. He's beating him down. But, oh, no, Francine and Don Marie are coming to his aid. That's right. They have thrown off. Conrad, and they are both now attacking Tony Shivani. and he's down and he's sound like a baby. Oh my God, what a way to end our show. That's right, Conrad. I'm coming to help you soon. We're desperately out of time. We'll see you next week. You're listening to What Happened When as we come to you each and every week on Wednesdays as well as on Mondays exclusively on Patrone.
4: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Yes, hi, this is Thurston Howard, and I'm just here to tell you about my friend Tony, and Bruce, and Eric, and JR. Yes, the boys have uh, something going on over at BoxyGimmicks.com with new items each week. It's the official store for What Happened When, Something to Wrestle With, 83 Weeks and grilling with jr so go on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life and you know what if you can uh treat yourself yes herbert bring the car around and fix me a drink too there's a good lad And by Patreon.com forward slash WHWMonday. Want to be a low-key big hog or glass bottom-butt rider? How about a member of the Hot Tag Express or the Slapdick Nation, yes. See, over at the club, we are all members and we are all welcome here. We have great perks. They have great perks for you. It's what club members do. It's how we are treated. Fairly. With benefits. uh, Something that other people won't have because, well, they're far inferior. Not that I'd say that we are better, but let's just say we enjoy the good life. <laughs> Herbert, where's my drink? And by LoisRules.com. Get all your t-shirts for What Happened When right now over at uh, LoisRules.com. We all love Lois. She's very cheerful. Not sure if she's allowed in the club, I think... The last time she was here, she was thrown out. Something about a bottle of Jack Daniels that, well, we didn't have. Of course, us Patreon members, uh, don't drink Jack, we're much better than Jack Daniels, yes. Speaking of Jack, Herbert, where's my drink? Oh, and that reminds me, join Tony and Conrad live in Wayne, New Jersey, Saturday, September 28th at 3pm to 5pm, you can go over to the Tough City Indoor Sports Center. That's over in New Jersey. I've never been to New Jersey. Hmm. There's probably a good reason why. I expect from my my penthouse I can see New Jersey, but do I dare venture to, to New Jersey? Well, yes, I do. I'm a Patreon member, and therefore I must go. Anyway, be part of the Go Bro Wrestling Show. Tickets at TonyAndConradLive.com And... Damn it, Herbert, where's my drink? Did Lois take it? What about Buffy? And bring the car, Herbert! Damn it, bring the car!